Hey everybody, this is Harrison Smith, director and writer of Death House, and you are listening to Without Your Head. Decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. That would make me terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm. And joining us here tonight is Scream Queen Deborah Lamb. How are you doing tonight? Good evening. I'm great, Sarah. How are you doing? It's awesome now. Yeah. Yeah. Things have picked up now. We have uh, yep, Deborah exactly. yeah. <laughs> been on the How are you feeling, Troy? Excellent. Yeah, all things are good. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Cold out here. We're on the East Coast. Uh, we have some snow on the ground. Probably a little different than where you are. Yes, yes. Um, actually, <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but it, we've been having a bit of a heat wave the last few days. Oh, envious, envious. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to rub it in. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> totally fine. So, uh, you've been in a, a bazillion movies, but we do want to talk about one that's coming out is uh, The Lich. You play Sibella. Uh, can you give us an uh, idea of what The Lich is about? Well, um, <laughs> yes, I love that little movie. Uh, James Bacamo uh, is a friend of mine. And he asked me to do his film, and I was more than happy to. And it was a really fun experience. And uh, Kirsten um, uh, Diebolt uh, was the producer, and I believe she was acting as the AD, too. She was fantastic to work with also. And um, 
It was really fun. We actually did my scenes all in one day. And it was uh, great. Uh, let's see. We had a, um, a a coven gathering, and we were casting spells. And I, my character runs into the lich, and we reminisce about the old days. Yes, Sabella, <laughs> Sabella is um, Russian and a, an ancient Russian sorceress. And uh, she, she and the Lich actually have a history together. So mm-hmm. you, you'll get to to see the fun, the fun scenes between me and the Lich. Very cool. I did see uh, you in costume, and it looked very cool. Like the a lot of black and red, and black and red candles, and yes, I, I had the <laughs> my wardrobe was uh, from Emmanuel Blanc. And she's uh, a French designer, and she spent many years in India, but she's in the States now. And I had, not too long before I did The Lich, I had uh, went to one of her private trunk shows and bought, bought quite a few of her pieces. So all the, the things that I'm wearing in The Lich are, um, you know, handmade from a designer and, uh yeah, so there, you you can see me in some really fun costuming in that film. Yeah, oh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, see, yeah. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned being friends with uh, with James Balsamo. Uh, how did you get to know him? Was it like through the conventions or? I did meet him at a convention, and I'm I'm pretty picky about the conventions I go to. I mean, not not I'm not saying anything bad about any convention. I'm not saying that, sure. but I I have I haven't gone to that many, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so uh, there was a convention I was at. It was um, I believe it was oh I think it was Chiller. It was Chiller back in, oh my goodness, um, like maybe 2014 or something. Uh, And um, here, let me see if I can figure it out. It was probably around, um, yeah, it was probably around 2012, 2013, somewhere around in there. And James was there. And I, I believe James is known for his guerrilla style shooting, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So he, he said about, would you like to be in my film? And I, and I said, um, okay, what film? And he's like, I'm shooting it right now. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was the scene. I, 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 I wasn't working on whatever it was he was doing at the time, but, um, you know, just James is such a great personality and I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed, um, getting to know him a little bit during that convention. I think that's the only convention I actually did see him at, but just through Facebook and all of his, all of his happenings and, you know, he just has all these fun films that he does Mm -hmm. and, so I've kind of kept up with him that way. And it was great working with Dave Stein, the Lich. I yeah. mean, Dave Stein played the Lich. And yeah, yeah. Um, he's not able. He was... yeah. <laughs> no, that was yeah. actually makeup. Um, uh, James, James uh, had me come in, uh, let's see, it was a week or so ago before we shot. 
And uh, he was doing this like mask of my faith. And I guess he did mass of a lot of the, a lot of the uh, characters in the Lich uh, end up turning into some like gruesome thing. And uh, so, yeah, I had a mask and I believed, well, yeah, Dave Stein. Oh my goodness. Dave Stein who played the Lich. He, oh, that poor thing we were having, it was so hot. It was so hot. Everyone was like blazing hot. Oh, well, I take it back. It wasn't, it wasn't really that hot, but, but he was wearing this heavy cape and this, this hat and this uh, prosthetics and this uh, mask and, um, uh, and gloves. Oh my God. He was sweating. I felt so bad for him, the poor thing. But um, you know, because he was he was in he was in a lot of the stuff that we shot that that day. He was doing you know, he was in all the scenes, not all the scenes, but um, he was in makeup all day. So, um, but I know that uh, uh, Dave is also, I believe, uh, yeah, an executive producer on the Lich. Oh, and Kirsten Dybel. Yeah, that's my friend, Kirsten. She was a, an associate producer, and she did kind of a lot of jobs on that film that day. And um, But I was really excited to see, uh, obviously not on the same day as I was working on The Lich, but Tom Sizemore got mm-hmm. roped into doing a, a, a cameo. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> uh-huh. That's awesome. And, and Genevieve Rossi, uh, mm-hmm. my friend. We'll be on the next week. Oh, that's wonderful. I think yeah. I may have seen something about that. I think you might have posted that. Oh, and Elizabeth Daly, who is one of my favorites from the 80s. Uh, you know, of course, Valley Girl, right? Mm-hmm. Does, every, does everybody yeah, remember Valley Girl? Oh, yeah, oh, yep. Yep, absolutely. Here? <laughs> but yeah, Valley Girl, she she was in that. She, she had a great character in that. That was with Nicolas Cage for... For those out there who don't know Valley Girl, yes, mm-hmm. the good old the '80s films, my favorites. Mm-hmm. Oh well, uh, yeah, I grew up in the '80s, so it's, yeah. Well, yes, I, I I did too, and um, <laughs> yes, I I've been really busy. I had a very busy year last year, and this year is uh, already busy. Last year, I went to London twice. Oh wow. Yeah, to work on one of the films uh, that I went over there for was There's No Such Thing as Zombies. <laughs> uh, I like that. Which is, yeah, oh, it's a fun film. Um, that was directed by Eddie Bamiki, and my very good friend uh, Michael Haberfelner wrote it. And uh, Lynn Lowry and I both star in the film. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah Lynn. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a fun little film. Um, that uh, that was a great group of people. I love those guys. Uh, also, I went back again to do a short film called Espresso to Die For, and it was the same group of people, Eddie Bonicki directing, Michael Hatter film their uh, writing, um, and Lynn Lowry and I uh, starred in that film again with each uh, with together, and it, that one's going to be really funny. I can't wait for that to be completed. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going looking forward to it. Go on. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I'm no, going, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going back in February to work on another film. 
Which film's that? Um, I think I'm supposed to not tell. All but right, it's also Benicki and um and Lynn Lowry. I can I think I'm okay to say that much, but uh I think it's kind of hush hush, so I better I not Yeah, we don't want you yeah, to better trouble, not, No, no, yeah. I don't want I don't want Eddie I don't want Eddie to to uh beat to beat me when I when I go over there. Flog me. Right. Uh-huh. Take me to the take me to the Tower of London and behead me. <laughs> it would be fitting for without your head though. What? Oh yeah. I'm not I'm on the right track, right? Without that's, your head. that's the plan. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so, so fun. But let's so you see. And, what else? You and Lynn Lowry seem like you're uh, you're doing a lot of uh, work together. We are. You know, I am so fond of Lynn, and we've become friends. And in fact, there's a film that there's a there's a script that I was writing, and I told the director Eddie Bamiki about it, um, and my good friend Michael Haberfilmer, who uh, has a website called Search by Trash. And he does uh, tons of interviews of, you know, all sorts of people in the industry. And he, uh, so now he's got a couple uh, films that he's written that have actually been made and come out. And so I was telling them about my outline for, for this thing. I can't tell you the title of it because I think that's also secret, but sure. it's something I, it's something I had been working on and it's supposed to be a female buddy movie. So uh, I, I was telling Eddie about it and Michael, and they loved the story. And then we told Lynn about it because we had the idea, well, hey, you know, let's put Lynn and I, because I'll be starring in it. So let's put Lynn as me and her, you know, uh, as the as the lead role. So we're working on that. Michael and I are writing the script right now. We've been uh, working really hard. Eddie Bamiki also uh, is writing it with us, but um, he's so busy with this secret film that I'm going to go over to London for in February. So, um, so we've been working on it, but uh, it's going to be great. It's going to, we're going to film it in Las Vegas and we're projecting that we should be able to do it this year like in the late summer but we'll see you know we'll see what happens sure now, well, is the food good in in england you know they were feeding me um eddie and his soon well i call her his wife i mean they're going to get married they're not married yet but they just had sure. a baby and they're vegan so i've been a vegan on and off for more than a decade. You know, I try to stick to the right. Yeah, I, I can't, you know, sometimes I kind of fall off the wagon with it, but mm-hmm. I've never, I've never, I don't eat a lot of meat at all or animal products, but, but to, uh, to be strict about it, sometimes I, you know, I can't quite stick with it, but anyway, they're, they're strict vegans. So it was wonderful because, um, you know, they were feeding me all sorts of great vegan dishes, and um, after shooting, after shooting, uh, there's no such thing as zombies. Uh, we all went uh, to a, a local pub, which was really fun. I can't remember the name of it now, but so I did get to experience uh, going to a, a, an authentic English pub, 
Mm-hmm. And then, then when I was there to shoot um, Espresso to Zypher with Lynn Lowry, uh, she, she came over to just, you know, hang out with us. We were going to go, we were going to go to the Tower of London, <laughs> but Lynn came over with two bottles of wine. So <laughs> we, we were all just <laughs> sitting down having wine, having, eating vegan vittles. And um, just having a good time, just chatting. So we never did make it to the Tower of London. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, you'll have to go there thing. next time, though. It's it's a lot of fun. It really is. Oh, oh yeah, were you yeah. there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, you gotta just so... go to see the crows. the The ravens like walk all over the place, and there's one dude oh. that just goes around and tosses raw meat to the to the ravens, and they call raw? him the Raven the Master. Raven? Yeah, they just really? walk around. They're they're so used to people that they just you know you can walk right up to them, and some of them oh, are really? huge. They go up to like your knee. It's awesome. Oh my god! What? Yeah. So you, they, you'll have to go there so next that, time. Are they seriously that big? Where they're oh, really going up here? Yeah, some of them oh, are really huge. But they're so used to people. Like none of them fly away. They just they're watching you. They're like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> And they're and they're carnivores. Oh yeah, yep. They're they're like well, you know really? big, big ass ravens. Yeah. Wow, you know what? I'm I'm I gotta see this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. I think I think I enjoyed that more than the actual tower itself, which was pretty cool. Whoa. But but just <laughs> oh, to see yeah. that on the outside, it was really neat. <laughs> so did you? Did was Queen Elizabeth there? Was she beheading people? I <laughs> yeah, we missed out on all that fun stuff. Oh, fun. well, let's let's go back. When when were they? When were they doing all that? Was it the 1700s or the 1600s or? Uh, probably. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. probably forever there. <laughs> well, I, when did they stop? When when were beheadings? When were beheadings finally out of fashion? Did, mm, do you guys know? Question. Yeah. Well, we'll tr- we're trying to bring that's them back. Not- really you know it's so exciting yeah we've got (laughs) we've got our um what do you call it uh the the mixed mixed martial arts something and in the cage fighters and they're in there and they're you know they're beating each other to a pulp Mm -hmm. you know we well, there's a lot of people that really should be beheaded a lot (laughs) Uh All right. right. Yeah, we'll get on yeah. this. We'll try to bring this back. You yeah. know, and you guys, you guys with uh, with without your head, you know, you're already half there. Yeah, exactly. That's true. We're ahead of the yeah. curve. Yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's so, see. Uh, I did. I did cheat. I did real quick. Quick though, I did cheat and I looked it up here. The last uh, beheading uh, was in 1747. Ah, see, I had a feeling. So, no, you, yeah. You said the 1700s. Yeah. Well, uh, the, then they went to hanging. Oh. Yeah. So if it's if it's in the 1700s, don't they call that if it's 1720, don't they call that the 1800s then, they, right? They call it 18th century. Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I yeah. meant. 18th century. Yeah. Okay, yeah, perfect. So good. See, I had a feeling it was somewhere around in there. 
Exactly. So now we got that. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah. I just actually have a question here from James Balsamo. He wants to know what was it like having your uh, the life casting of your head? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I know why he's asking because that was so funny. Okay. So uh, so I went over there and um, you know I I just I had took my shirt off. I was just in my bra because you know I didn't want to get my shirt all messed up. So uh, I'm sitting in the toilet. Well, you know, the toilet lid is down. I'm not actually going to the bathroom or anything. (laughs) 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 And and the bathroom, the way it was situated was kind of, you know, not, there wasn't a lot of room in there. And he's like straddling me and, you know, just, oh, oh, Kirsten was in there too. So they're both in there and they're just got this goo like all over my head and face and um it was it was fun stuff let's see did they stick straws up my nose uh, i think i think i actually might have had tissue paper or something up my nostrils i can't remember but it was fun and oh oh they were making me laugh so hard and i was trying not to laugh but but we were actually having we were having a blast we were having so much fun mm-hmm. and uh I can't remember exactly what we were laughing at, but uh, it was, we were having the best time just, you know, being over there and him, you know, slathering this stuff <laughs> on my face. And it was dripping and, oh, it was just so funny. Right. But, uh, and, it, yeah. and, it's serious, and seriously, though, I think uh, the fact that he, he is humorous and has a good time, it, it, it helps something like that go by quicker. Like, Otherwise, could have been, you know, maybe a bad experience. But if uh, he's joking oh. around, it makes it, you know, you know, enjoyable or tolerable anyway. Oh, I, I love James. He was so much fun to work with. I swear, he's just. And oh, <laughs> okay, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell this part, but I think it's okay. So I was asking him, okay, James, uh, send me over the script because he told me he told me the basic outline of the story and told me my character and all that. And we talked about my character and um, then I'm like, okay, send me the script. And he never did send me the script. I'm like, you never sent me the script. <laughs> so I get to this and I think he said, Oh, don't worry. We'll have a script on set. I said, okay, no problem. So, um, I mean, I kind of knew basically what I was going to do. So, um, so we get there and I'm like, okay, where's the script? <laughs> There's still no script. So he said, no, but here's your lines. You know, he had the pages. He had the pages for my lines. Um, but a lot of it uh, was improv, you know, because there was a lot of it that it was it was great. It worked out great because Dave Stein, who plays the witch, and I, we have this scene where we're dancing, like, you know, as if we're, as if we're at a, at a ballroom um so uh we have this little like uh flirtatious thing going on between my characters uh sabella and the lich and so uh (laughs) so we were just coming up with this stuff to say and it was really fun and um i said james you never gave me a script he says well nobody can remember their lines anyway (laughs) 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 and i said well, well, so um, you know, I, I'm I'm used to uh, you know where you have to you have to know your lines or you're in big trouble. Uh, right. You know, people get people get very upset with you. But it's it, I thought it was great. I loved I loved doing improv, 
And of course, a lot of it was scripted, but, um, but I loved it because I have an improv, improv comedy background. Yeah, I was at an improv uh, comedy group called um, the Wild Sight Theater. Sam Longoria uh, was the director and ran it, and that was his theater. And um, that was in North Hollywood back in the 90s. So I was there for a while. So it was, I love improv. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, we had Sean Whalen on last week who uh, worked with the, the Groundlings before he got into horror and movies. And I asked him, like, uh, that having that background, how does that help you in, like, a dramatic uh, movie or a horror film or, or acting in general? Uh, oh, you're asking me or, or you're saying yeah, that you asked him? You. Yeah, well, I asked well, him the same you. question, but I'd like to, you know, ask you the same thing. I love that guy, Sean, right? Sean yeah, Whalen. Yeah, he's yeah, just I, a sweet, sweet guy. I it gosh, I think I met him. It seems to me I met him. Yeah, I did. I met him at a convention. I think it could have been a Monster Palooza that I was at. I can't remember. I don't. I know I met him briefly somewhere. Anyway, he was really nice. But um, yeah, actually, if having strong improv skills really helps no matter what type of film you're doing, whether it's a drama or comedy or horror or whatever it is. Um, Because what it does is it makes you think outside the box. And, um, you know, I think uh, one, one mistake that beginning actors have, um, you know, once you get to be a professional, I, I think most people, you know, don't have this problem any, any longer, but, um, is that they just kind of stick to what the, the surface of what you're reading. You read the script, you read your lines, you, you figure out your character, but when you, when you have, you know, the ability to improv things, um, and just come up with things. So like a lot of times people get locked into, to like a certain way of doing it. So um, let's say I'm playing a mom and, uh, you know, I have a, da- a teenage daughter that's, that's, that's having a problem or whatever. And so the surface is the daughter's pregnant and having a problem. Well, that's very simple and cut and dry. But um, what you really want to do is you want to think about, um, like, like if the mom's saying, oh, don't worry, darling, uh, or don't, don't worry, sweetheart, we're here for you. When you're rehearsing, uh, you know, when you go to actually shoot the scene, you, you want to do it as it's written. But when you're, when you're rehearsing uh, with a partner, if you're lucky enough to rehearse, um, a great technique to do is to do the scene with your partner, to do it like totally, completely not the way it's supposed to be. Like if you have somebody dying on their deathbed, you do it as a musical, you sing it, you do it as a comedy, you do it as a a completely over melodramatic, you know, whatever. And then when you go back to do it for real, you know, the way you're supposed to do it, you have all, you have more, just more of a kind of a rich, a rich, you know, feeling or I, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Um, because then when you go to do it, you'll have done it all these different ways. 
and you'll have done it like the opposite way that it was actually, you know, that you're actually really going to do it. But it kind of frees, it frees you up to, so where you're not so locked in to a specific performance. So it gives you more of a creativity. So when you go to do it, you're actually more creative when you're in the moment. Um, you know, you know yeah, what I'm that saying, right? That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you have a good, strong improv background, um, it just, it just gives you that skill where you just know how to like do stuff off the cuff. And of course, you know, you know, all those, they call them happy mistakes or happy accidents where the actor, like somebody like Jack Nicholson will be doing a scene and he'll just improv something. He'll just say something like, you know, the famous line, here's Johnny, Mm -hmm. you know, the you know, (laughs) yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't in the script. He, um, apparently they had done that scene over and over, over and over and over. And so, um, you know, and then in this one take, he just smashes his head through and is like, here's Johnny, you know, (laughs) so that was, that was, that was not in the script. That was improv, but that was, um, that came out because they, they did it a bunch of times. And then something like pure genius comes out. Of course, everybody, everybody knows that, that scene, you know, everybody knows oh, that yeah. line. You Johnny, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. It's iconic. And yeah. there's uh, so many, there's, a, you know, so many of those. That's, that's the only example I can think of, like, right at the moment. Sure, but sure. Um, I know, I know uh, Bill Oberst, who's coming on. Um, yep, yep. Uh, he he's a very creative actor you know he's he's mm-hmm. brilliant um he he takes you know he really um he plays a lot of i wouldn't say the same character but i would say he he's uh you know he's got a certain kind of you know people want him in their movies because of what he brings to those kind of bad guy characters or creepy mm-hmm. guys or whatever however you want yeah. to call it um but he's so creative that no that no one of his characters are alike you know mm-hmm. so you've got you've got like say 10 movies where he's a slasher and he's you know whatever he does in these movies <laughs> you know he's he's the evil guy whatever but you know he he goes in there and he has, you know each each one of his characters is a, is a real character unto itself, whereas you know maybe a a lesser actor would kind of play things the same, you know. Right. Exactly. So that, that's um that's a, a good example of the ability to you know where you have good improv skills, mm-hmm. but I think. I think all, um, all, uh, you know, actors, when they get to a certain level, they're all automatically good at that, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. improv hey. comedy, improv mm-hmm. comedy though, to be really funny and to be really sharp and witty and to be like snappy and have these snappy, you know, comebacks and things. That's, 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 you know, that's not easy. That takes skill. Yeah. But what were you saying? I would just say, uh, you mean, since you mentioned Bill, who's coming up uh, in about a half hour or so, 
Um, did you have you ever worked with him? I know you know him, but did you ever work together in anything? I have not. I am dying to work with Bill. And uh, and I know uh, my friend Melantha Blackthorn. She's a friend of mine. She's been we've been friends for years, and she's worked with Bill several times. And um, you know, so I, I'm hoping that I will eventually get to work with Bill because uh, I just you know I that's one of my that's one of the actors I really want to work with. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, yeah. I mentioned a lot about the improv. Uh, how did you go from that to uh, to acting in movies? I know you were also a model. And uh, what what did you originally like? What was your original goal? Did you want to like pursue comedy? Well, I uh, when I was uh, a kid, um, I took ballet from the ages of seven to fourteen. I was in Portland, <laughs> Oregon, teaching uh, mm-hmm. ballet. I really thought that uh, I might actually go on to be a professional ballet dancer, but my mother moved my sister and I to from Portland, Oregon to Los Angeles. So, um, so that my ballet school, you know, I, I wasn't there any longer and we were actually like really super broke. My mom, you know, was really struggling and she managed to find a guest house behind a house uh, in Beverly Hills. So the first high, I was in high school, I, I went to my freshman, my freshman high school year was in Portland. But then uh, when we came to L.A., um, then I was going to go into my sophomore year. So I, the first high school I went to in Los Angeles was Beverly Hills High, which was like, oh, my God. You know, I was like the poorest kid in the school. It was really funny. Um, I was really happy to be there, but, uh, you know, it was a little, I felt a little self-conscious. You have all these um, kids that are in TV shows all around you. You have, you know, these kids driving Ferraris and wearing extremely expensive clothes. But um, but besides that, it was great. I had great teachers. I was in the modern dance uh class uh you know group i was in a modern dance club i guess you'd call it and um i was taking drama and then the next year we moved to santa monica so i was which is also a really great school and like i went to high school with rob lowe and the the uh like um um ramiro uh, i'm saying his name wrong darn it um (laughs) I'll, i'll get it later but uh like charlie sheen and um Who's his brother? Estevez. Oh, Emilio. Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Emilio, Emilio. So, and Mark, you know, I would see, I would see Martin Sheen there, and uh, and like I said, Rob Lowe was there, and he was in a class with me. Um, and then sometimes at the time, his girlfriend was Melissa Gilbert, so she would come to the school and just hang out with him, like during lunch. And you know, so there was a lot of performers. Uh, there and I was taking dance there. I was taking uh, musical theater and drama. And then when I got out of high school, um, I uh, I eventually got into a school called the Van Mar Academy, uh, and it was actually a really well known school. I didn't when I was going to it at the time. I didn't realize it was such a well known acting school, but it turns out it was. And so I went there for a few years. So I was studying. I was studying to be an actress. I was studying acting. 
And then I, and then I went with some other teachers after that school, I went with some other uh, acting coaches, but uh, you know, I started out the very typically the way a lot of young women start out, you know, modeling and um, I, I danced in a handful of music videos because, you know, I was a really good dancer from all the training. And then I was, you know, oh, and then I learned how to fire eat. So I was a fire eater. And then, wow. yeah, yeah. So I was fire eating in some of the music videos. I, I, in a lot of my very first films that I was in, I was like a dancer and fire eater in a couple of them. Uh-huh. So, and then I eventually actually kept turning down jobs like that. Like people would call me, wanted me to come and dance in the movie and do the fire eating. And I just kept turning parts down. Like uh, for a, quite a while, I turned a lot of things down and I said, well, you know, when you have something for me, that's more of a, you know, co-starring role. Yeah. Like an actual like, role. Yeah. Like yeah. Because the, yeah. I was getting, I was getting to be kind of pigeonholed as a fire eater. Oh, yeah, you but, want to be typecast as like the fire eating dancer. <laughs> eventually, I did get out of all that, and I was getting like co-starring and leading roles in a lot of films. But mm-hmm. um, the one cool thing is, do you guys know that I'm in Point Break? No, I didn't know I, that. Yeah, with. You know, the original one with Keanu Reeves and yeah, but I'm, I'm the fire eater, but it's really cool because, um, I got hired and I'm on the set and of course it's the director's Catherine Bigelow. And, um, so I'm in a scene where uh, it's a scene where the Patrick Swayze's character Bodie is having a party at his beach house. So, uh, and Keanu Reeves, um, yeah, Keanu Reeves and Lori Petty, come in to the house, you know, they walk in and right as they come in, it's me standing there with this curly, curly, short blonde hair, like in ringlets. And I'm wearing this like leather corset kind of type thing. And I spit fire right in front of their faces. <laughs> like jump back a little but um, but it was like a big fireball. So, yeah. um, like all my friends and everybody I, that knows me, they're like, they've seen me in Point Break so many times because it's on TV like all the time, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So you guys, you guys, next time Point Break's on TV, watch yeah, for that part. Watch it. yep. It's right. It's right when they walk into the party. It's right at that very top of that scene. And you see me spit fire. And then through the, uh, through the rest of that, that part, you'll see me kind of in the background, you know, eating fire and stuff. But yeah. the other really film that I ate fire in was, drum roll, please. Uh, the, the other which what? one was that? What did you say? I'm sorry. Drum roll. Who's my drum oh. roll? Thank you. So Wild at Heart. David is Wild at Heart. Oh, yeah. You know, the one was. Oh, definitely. Nicholas Cage and Laura Dern and mm-hmm. Harry Dean and uh, all the all those great actors. Uh, so I'm a I'm firing in that. Um, but you don't. It would be really kind of easy not to notice me in that one because 
Um, I'm kind of in the background. It's the scene where it's the old guy, the rich old guy at this big lawn dinner table. And he's got two like almost naked girls standing ones on each side of them. And um, it's Grace Zabrowski, I think is her name. Zabrowski? Zabrowski. No, I'll have to look it up. Um, and uh, she's, I don't know, they're having this conversation. So uh, behind them, in the background, there's this uh, jazz band playing, um, like a three-instrument jazz trio. And then there's this one beautiful black dancer dancing with these this really cool cape. And then I'm dancing also, but I'm fire eating. Oh, yeah, it's Grace Zabriskie. Oh, I love her, too, Grace Zabriskie. She's in tons of stuff. Um, but, yeah, so I'm fire, I'm fire eating in the background. And then at the very end of that scene, right when he says, the old guy, when he says his last line, the, the camera goes on me, and I spit this big, huge ball of fire, and um, they kind of amp up the sound effect to make it go, whoom, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, awesome. so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, but how cool is it? How cool is it? I, you know, cool. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, even though I'm like just the fire eater still, wild at heart. Cool and I yeah. Oh, yeah, that's totally that's, badass. That's, that is badass. Isn't it is. It? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> where does one I, I learn to, where does one learn to fight the fire breathe, the fire eat? My girlfriend back when I was, I think I was like 19 or 20 at the, most um uh she had been a magician's assistant uh long before then long before we were friends she was a magician's assistant when she was younger and he his name was um william wizard and he used to play at the um perform at the magic castle he was a regular there so he did a lot of pyrotechnics and Mm -hmm. so she and this is years before, like I said, she wasn't doing it anymore when she taught me, but she taught me how to fire eat. And her husband at that time made me handmade fire eating torches. And um, so, yeah, and I learned how to fire eat. And then at this other thing, yeah, then at this, uh, this other like uh, video that I was shooting, there was another girl there who was a friend of mine and she taught me how to spit fire, you know, do the big ball of fire, spitting the fire. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah so course. she taught oh, yeah. me how to do, yeah, she taught me how to do that part. So, um, yeah. So, and back then, like now it's, it's kind of a lot more commonplace to see people, you know, uh, men and women, uh, doing fire eating and performing with the, the fire dancers and that whole thing. So mm-hmm. you've got a lot of people doing that nowadays, especially with Burning mm-hmm. Man and all that. But but back then, yeah, but back then it was like really rare. Oh, yeah, I actually um, worked on the pilot episode of Enterprise with the okay. one with Scott Bakula. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my scene did cut out, unfortunately, but... Um, I, I did work on it and I was in a scene, they were in one of those, uh, like shanty towns, you know, the kind of towns where there's a bunch of bars and a bunch of hookers, but it's like, you know, it's all like Star Trek. So it's Mm -hmm. spacey, you know, it's very futuristic. 
So right. I, I had that, oh, I wish I could have taken a picture, but it wasn't allowed. I had a huge head, a huge head. I had an <laughs> alien head. It was, uh-huh. it looked like, it looked like the alien head from Aliens. You know how it was a <laughs> giant dome. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yep. It was so cool, and they did this like body painting all over me, like these like little like specks and stuff. You know, like I had these, I don't know what you call it, like prints all over me. It was so cool, and then um, so I, you know, I did the scene. I was um, fire eating. And um, it was a cool scene, but but then they ended up cutting that entire scene out, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was I was so disappointed. I've been oh, cut wow. out of some really cool things. I was cut out of rock. <laughs> I was cut out of some things and automobiles. <laughs> oh no! No way! That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Automobiles or Robocop or both. Well, I like Robocop, but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is one of my favorite movies. I think it's, uh, yeah. it's extremely funny, oh and then it's so sweet at the end and everything, you know? Oh, I love that movie. Oh, and I worked with John Candy and Steve Martin, and I had this big scene where I did, uh, actually, John Hughes asked if I could do this improv scene with mm-hmm. them, because I was on set as a dancer. And it was like more toward the beginning of when I was getting into everything. So I was on set as a dancer and he needed somebody to do an improv, an improv scene with Steve Martin and John Candy. And I had improv experience. So, you know, I volunteered and they went ahead and picked me to do it because there was a lot of other people there, but I got picked to do it. And then um, I had this really, really funny scene with John Candy and we had, you know, we were just having the silliest conversation ever. And then Steve Martin's character comes in and then I start insulting Steve Martin's character and then he gets mad and then he makes John Candy leave. But I know why the scene got cut and you have to say why. <laughs> why I was why is that? <laughs> why? <laughs> You're not playing along. Oh, why? We, we did the why. Yeah, we both oh, did the why. Maybe okay. you just didn't hear us. I don't know. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> okay. so because the scene was them coming into a strip club after their car burns up or, or whatever happens to their car, and they're coming into the strip club to make so that Steve Martin's character can make a phone call to his wife, and and then so we have a bunch of dancers in there and they were they did use an actual strip club for the scene and so i was topless there were a bunch of girls that were topless not everybody was topless but but and then when they asked me to do the scene they wanted they wanted somebody to be topless to do the scene so um so yeah all i had on was like a tiny little g-string and high heels um so it's a family movie. It's a family movie. It's a Thanksgiving, Christmas family movie. So that's why that's why the thing got cut out because um, in the end, oh wait, I got to tell you this part. So I go to I get invited to a special screening for the movie at Paramount. So I get there and I go to the door and they hand out this um, this you know uh, sheet whatever you call it, pamphlet or whatever you want to call it, it's got all the cast and all the crew. 
and my name is on it. So I figure, oh, that's so great. I, I didn't get cut out because I was afraid I was going to get cut out. Right. So when I go in, I sit down, and it just so happened that the uh, a man behind me said, hey, hey, I recognize you. You're the girl in that really, really funny scene. And he just went on to tell me just how funny it was and how much he loved the scene. It was so funny. So I'm like, oh, oh, I was so excited. I thought, okay, my scene didn't get cut out. I was so excited. So then we're watching the movie and then the toward where my scene was supposed to be. Well, it wasn't there. And then, and then the movie ends and the guy behind me, that he was an editor. He worked as an editor on the film. And he said, oh, I'm he said, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I had no idea that it ended up getting cut. And he was disappointed for me. And uh, yeah, so and then I go out in the parking lot. And I was like crying. I'm like, oh, it was a big break. So anyway, that's, that's the story. I got cut out of RoboCop too. <laughs> but you know, but, you get... mm -hmm. But that, those are the breaks, say, you know that? When, when, yeah, I was just saying, when you get cut out of uh, something, do you, do you ever get any of the, 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 the material that's been cut out just so you can keep it, or is it just, you know, it's just oh, gone? That's a good question. You, you might be able to do that on a small independent film, maybe. Right. I, I've, I've never heard of anybody, you know, do that. But especially not especially not a studio film, uh, not a, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, not one of the big, the big blockbuster films. They're not going to, so they just they go away forever. Like nobody yeah. keeps. Yeah, well, well now see, now you get films where you, you get the deleted scenes, like in a right. DVD, there'll be right. the deleted, there'll be special, you know, they'll have special clips or whatever, or extras. They'll have the extras. Mm -hmm. Or um, and bloopers and all that, but um, back then I don't think they were really doing that. Um, oh, probably oh didn't think uh, about it. Yeah, that's too well, bad, actually. Well, you know what? Um, people did find my deleted scene from RoboCop, the original mm -hmm. RoboCop. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, I, it's like I, I can never find it, and then some, somebody it for me and I don't know what happened to it. I it's like and then I'll <laughs> one time I put a post on Facebook saying, Can anybody find that damn deleted <laughs> Robocop? <laughs> but uh, it's it's a scene where I'm in one of the commercials that say I'd buy that for a dollar, you know? okay. Yeah. It's, uh, actually that's some of my favorite parts of the movies. Is the, I uh, know. Is, all the, the, all the, those the ads, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well what happened was um, Paul Verhoeven, you know, was shooting the commercials and I was in one of them uh, where the guy that says I buy that for a dollar is there. And we're at a, me and this other girl, we're at a, um, a at a pizza, at a, um, uh, like a pizzeria. So we're, uh, we're pounding like balls of pizza dough. And so during, uh, in the middle of, one of the, you know, one of the, where he was like fixing lights or moving the camera or doing something. So it was a little break, but we were just still standing there. So I, um, I had these pizza balls. So I was started juggling pizza balls, you know, pizza dough. I was yeah, juggling yeah. the pizza yeah. dough and, and he's, 
sees me doing that and he's like, Oh yeah, do that, do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So in the deleted scene that is out there, I, I don't know where it is now. I, somebody will find it. Somebody listening to this show will find it for me. Um, but you can actually see me. Oh, and of course I'm topless. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a plus. Yeah. Yeah. That was a rule. <laughs> well, you know, all the girls in the, the commercials where I'd buy that for a dollar, they're all right. topless, right? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, that is fun. You know, that's just fun stuff. And um, I have, I, I just have such a good time um, working on, on films. Of course, I'm, I've worked very hard. I've, you know, I, I've had a lot of training. So um, I really enjoy when I can put that training to good use and have a good juicy role. But I, I enjoy, you know, whatever it is, drama comedy horror you know i i really do love it all mm-hmm. it's fun uh, how about yeah how about uh you know that's the working but uh what kind of movies do you like to watch i like all kinds let's see um my favorite really really scary films uh horror films are not scary to me. Um, there's a lot of them I do like, but, uh, they, you know, I don't actually get like really scared except sure. for the films that still scare me to this day, of course, is the exorcist. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the original, um, Amityville horror. For some reason mm-hmm. that original Amityville horror with Margot Kidder and, and what's his face. Um, uh, Brolin, James Brolin. Yeah, James Brolin. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, that just always scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> um, but I love everything. I love, um, I just saw, oh, I just saw I Tanya. I Tanya, I did too, which I thought was great. It was, I loved it. Oh my god, yeah. I loved it. But I also, I also really loved uh, Suicide Squad. I, you know, I really love the, the superhero movies. I uh-huh. just, I, I know some people think they're like too, they're too Hollywood. They're too slick. They're too CGI, but I, you know, I do. I love the new Star Trek movies, you know, with Chris Pine and. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. I love those too. Those, oh, those are, oh my God. That first, that first one, that first Star Trek with Chris Pine and, um, I don't know all the actors' names, but you know the one. Uh, yeah, oh, and the guy who plays Bones. Oh, he's yeah, so purple. Oh, and um, and Urban, something they, Urban. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's him. And then um, the the guy who plays uh, Scotty. What's his face from? Uh, you know, oh, you know Simon the Pegg. movie. Yeah, Simon yeah, yeah. Pegg, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. And the movie that Simon Pegg did, the zombie one. What was it oh, called? Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Love yeah. that movie. And, oh, I liked the one where they they uh, pick up the alien. That's It's Bruce Willis playing the alien. What's, whatever that Troy one's called. I really liked, yeah, Tr- Both oh. Troy and I went to see it at the theater. I like that one, too. It's yeah. not as popular yeah. as some of the other ones, but I liked it. Yeah, and I also like Hot Fuzz. It's the alien's name. Hot Fuzz is great. Yeah. Hot and, um, and yeah, yeah. And I love, uh, you know, I love like Scarface and 
and uh, Casino and Goodfellas and, Those you know, give me movies. a... You're all over the place with good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Now, give me a good gangster movie. I love I, Blood I and Guts. 100%. Uh-huh. Yep. I sex, violence, and lots of swearing. So. <laughs> Years you ago, on movies with Neil and I, then you'd be exactly. fine. Yeah. Years so ago, what? actually, we actually had Henry Hill on the show, the the real guy that uh, that Goodfellas is about. It was, uh, it was very you exciting. Did? Yeah. You had Henry Hill on the show? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was like oh I think a couple of years oh. before he died. Yeah, oh. maybe just a year before he died. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, that's so cool. That is he was so a really cool. Interesting guy too. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, you know what? One of my favorite things that I worked on is I had just a tiny part. I was just um, a dancer in it, but it was called Out Cold, and there's a lot of films called Out Cold, but this one starred um john lithgow and terry gar this is a long long this is a very long time ago yeah so i get to the set it's up in the mountains and um and and al pulls a comedy it's really funny um so i get to the mountains and i you know i get up there to the set and it's at this lodge and i see um john lithgow on the porch and i love john lithgow so i Mm. So, uh, um, so, uh, I see him and I, I literally ran. I, I don't know what came over me because I'm just <laughs> not, I, I'm not a star struck person. I don't get like overly excited about celebrities or movie stars or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not somebody that wants anybody's autographs, but I first, I really love John Lithgow. So I saw, I like, ran up the ran up the stairs of the steps of the porch and I I literally threw my arms around him and gave him a big hug and I like grabbed him and <laughs> Terry Garth at the door. Terry Garth kind I almost knocked John Lithgow over. I almost knocked Terry Gar over. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I said, Oh, I love you. I said, I love you and I grabbed grabbing him and then I thought oh my god he's going to call the security and, but <laughs> that's so cute he totally laughed he laughed and and then I you know and he was he was so nice and Terry Gar oh my god they were so nice so later that night um you know after we'd been shooting um they uh you know, we were all sitting there eating at dinner and I was sitting next to, I was sitting right across from Terry Gar and right next to John Lithgow was, I think, you know, right there pretty much. And they were just, they were just the nicest, sweetest people. Oh, that whole, that was like, oh my God, they treating me like a queen. I, I basically was a glorified extra and they treated me like a queen. I had my own trailer. They gave me, I was paid like, them so well you know I, I, it was like so awesome and Rand, oh randy quaid's in this movie too and um so and awesome. he was cast in that movie <laughs> yeah so anyway if anybody wants to find out cold you'll see me in the background dancing in in one of the mountain lodge scenes <laughs> <laughs> very cool well I love having you here, but we do have Bill coming up here in just two minutes. So, Yay! 
but we'd, we would love to have you back on sometime. Maybe when your secret movie I, comes out, you could come on and tell us about it. Mm. Yeah, I have a couple of secrets that um, I'm dying to share. All right, sounds good. Yeah, well, so, we, yeah, so you'll definitely have have to have me back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we'd love to have you back. So it's been a oh, pleasure talking you. to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're wonderful. I had a great time. We do as well. Yeah, anytime you'd yeah. like to come back. Yeah. And the next I, time, I, just, next time I'm going to ask you for for what's what's the worst pun that James Balsamo has ever told you. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll have to for that one. I'll have to think of it. But Bye bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Bye. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley, we should have listened. Sitting here on a lie. Ripley, we should have listened. Sitting here on a lie. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Welcome back to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm still Nasty Neil. And I remain terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by the returning Bill Oberst Jr. I think he was on here last year, maybe the year before, but it wasn't that long ago. But it's a pleasure to have you back. I want to know if there's any actual decapitation that's ever... How did you get the name, the station of decapitation? <laughs> well, it started as without your head. It was, it was actually a playoff... Uh, if you really want to hear the whole story... <laughs> I do. I'm actually... Yeah. How, how did it become without your head? Where did that uh, come from? So in 2005, I, I, I still do the show. I did a pro wrestling podcast called In Your Head. And then in October, we did, uh, we were just going to, it was just going to be a one-time special because uh, we're also uh, horror movie fans. And, and we're trying to think of a name and we just say, well, without your head, it would be the without. And then uh, we enjoyed it and we started doing the show. And then later on, I added a uh, station decapitation just because I thought it sounded cool. Do, do you still do pro wrestling? Yeah, yeah, I do that on Tuesdays, and we do the uh, the horror uh, show here on Thursday nights. You know, there used to be, when I was a kid, because I'm old, but my pro wrestling guys had a lot of, they had a lot of personality, you know? Yeah. And some of them, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we used to have, uh, like, we had wrestling on Saturday nights right before Hee Haw, where I grew up. And it was the wrestling where the guys would there'd be the one stoic announcer in the in the middle, and the others would just you know there'd be one wrestler on each side, the enemies, and they'd grab the mic from him and tell what they were going to do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I really miss that. I mean, I, I like the theatricality and all; it's cool. I, but I really like I really like the simplicity of the 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 good guy and the bad guy, and you know what I'm going to do to you. <laughs> It was like a morality play in in a ring with a weird theater. It was it's kind of this. It's hard to explain to someone who doesn't like wrestling why you would like it, but uh, it's it's really its own form of entertainment. It's totally a morality play, and it's like horror movies. 
uh, are, um, particularly um, this one that I've been coming out, Death House, is coming out next month. It's it's fun. It's funny in places, and it's totally a morality tale. I, I think horror, when it's done well, like wrestling, can be really cathartic. I, yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, Death House, which uh, we've been talking about for a while, because it's just loaded with uh, with people, er, people everyone knows, you know, horror icons and people all from all different uh, horror films. Um, how did you get involved in it? Was it how early on was it? My agent, Mike Eisenstadt of Amzil Eisenstadt, Fraser and Inahosa, is a mouthful. Um, they're my representation in Los Angeles, and Mike's a producer on the movie. And he called me, and he said, this is going to be like the Expendables of Horror. And I said, you don't have to say anything else. If you'll have me, I'll, I'll, I'll be in it. So I, uh, I was in a scene with Sean Whalen from People of the Stairs, who I know you've had on the show recently. Yeah. Um, Barbara Crampton, who has probably the best female scream I've ever heard. Oh, my God, the lady's got lungs. Kane Hodder, who's a really sweet guy and a very, very funny guy. So, uh, I, I, and Debbie Rashan, who's wonderful, who I've worked with before. So I, I think the movie is going to be fun to watch. And for for me, for Harry, that's the main thing. It's There's got to be some element of fun. It doesn't have to be overtly funny, but it's got to be fun, you know? Yeah, enjoy yourself. You don't, you don't want to go out and come out of the movie just feeling really bad. So <laughs> it's good to have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you know Gunnar Hansen at all? Because I know he was a. It was originally his idea. I met him once in Germany at Weekend of Horrors, which is Europe's big horror convention, and that's the only time that I met Gunnar. He was the sweetest, sweetest man in the world. You know, that's the thing with these horror people. Like most of them are really, really sweet people. A makeup artist told me once. She said. The ugly guys and the guys who play ugly guys are the nicest people in the world. It's the pretty boys who are always the assholes. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah man, enough, I you, heard the it, same thing about wrestling. Uh-huh. About wrestling? Oh, I've heard funny. the same thing oh. about wrestling. Yeah, about the, the bad guys are usually the nicest people in real life and, and vice versa. Well, for, uh, <laughs> uh, Roddy Piper, who just yeah, before he died, I did the, I did the film The Chair. Sweetest, mm-hmm. sweetest man in the world. So quiet, so soft-spoken. Yeah, that's uh, that's my favorite wrestler growing up, and uh, I was so happy to uh, to like do panels and, and and stuff with him at the, at the horror conventions. And he couldn't be a nicer guy. I'll tell you one thing too. He was a damn good actor. This was a, yeah. a death row um, prison movie with some horror thrown in, and I was the prison warden, and he was one of the guards. He was a really, really good dramatic actor. Yeah, I agree 100%. Oh, um, yeah. I loved them uh, when they live. Oh, yeah. So for for Death House, um, you know, you mentioned the people that you did the, your scenes with. Uh, were, you, were you aware of everything else that happened in the movie? Have you seen the finished movie? I haven't seen the finished movie, no. I read the script, of course. And um, I, I'm going to go to, I'm going to be in New York for the premiere in New York City on Friday, February 23rd at Regal Ewoks. If you got listeners up that way, I know you boys are in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. We'd so love I'm to have, have folks come over. Yeah. 
That'd be sweet. I, that's got to be a good feeling too, because I know that a lot of fans online have been, uh, you know, helping get the word out and trying to get um, a wider release for the movie. Yeah, definitely. Because Farley gets a short shrift, you know. There's so many fans all over the country. Mm-hmm. Camille, uh, I also work with uh, Camille from Spit on Your Grave. Yeah. And she's going to be at the red carpet in New York, too. She's, again, a really, really, really <laughs> sweet lady. Yeah, definitely. Oh, she'll actually, I believe she's going to be on next week. Uh, oh, in awesome. the coming weeks, anyway. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what was Harrison Smith like uh, to... Uh, to work with the director a dream because he loves the genre and when you get a director that really really likes horror my my best other big uh time experience with this was on criminal minds when the guy who directed the episodes i was in was matthew gray Gubler, and he's a regular on the show as dr reed but he's a huge horror fan in real life so this episode that that um he had me, and as a recurring character, I was a, a backwoods killer, a product of incest between uh, Adrian Barbeau and Tobin Bell, who were my mom and dad. Oh, and that's so, uh, awesome <laughs> right there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and um, my uh, makeup was done by the guy who did makeup for all of the um, uh, Tarantino films, all the Kill Bills, and who actually played the groom in the in kill bill Bill. so yeah yeah, he's also a lon cheney fan so we wanted to make the character a lon a lon cheney homage so the whole thing we were surrounded oh and 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 my did scenes with adrian barbeau who of course has a great horror pedigree so we were all surrounded by people who really love the genre and that's the way it was on death house too oh that's just tremendous yeah, uh, I know I, uh, everyone I know is really looking forward to the movie. And I also understand Hell's Kitty is uh, opening uh, this around the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, horror really is undergoing a resurgence now. And there's been a lot of articles in you know, Hollywood Reporter and lots of big papers about it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. This Yeah, last year was a great year for horror. Uh, you know, with it doing so well and Get Out and split and uh, a lot of great independent movies that, that came out well you know shape of water. I, I, oh shape of water is fantastic um, doug is such again a really really sweet guy <laughs> i got there's a movie i'm in with doug called hell's kitty it was a web series and i was in it uh, with doug jones and we both played priests who were trying to exercise a cat uh-huh. and so all the episodes have been put together and turned into a feature it is coming out uh, next month, I think there's a premiere in LA for it. Uh, Adrian Barbeau is in it too. Yeah. But Doug, working with Doug was fantastic because he's so nice. He he hugs you. He hugs everybody. <laughs> everybody who he sees he hugs. But he's so big, you know. He's he's such a big galoot that when he hugs you, he's likely to just like pick you up off the floor. So. <laughs> Yeah. I'm was, not uh, much I... of a hugger. I, I'm more like a handshake guy. And I was like, oh, hello, how are you? Pleased to meet you. I said, come here! Next thing I know, you know, I've been lifted off the floor like a 12-year-old. <laughs> I, I won't spoil uh, Hell's Kitty because I have seen uh, the web series. But uh, when you guys are playing the priests, as you mentioned, there's uh, some great dialogue that made me laugh quite a bit oh, about yeah, uh, so about awesome. the love of books and then the love of pets. And I won't give away the line. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. 
Doug is so he's so deadpan. I really love. I like you know. I like buddy comedies in general, and I wish horror had more of that. When I was doing that with Doug, I thought, well, I'd like these buddy priests to have their own little movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that would totally work. I could totally see like that. bumbling, bumbling exorcist priest. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a new movie here in the works. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. So how did you even get involved in Hell's Kitty? Uh, how did I get involved in Hell's Kitty? That one I have to think about. Mm-hmm. Adrian Barbeau, because I had done Criminal Minds with Adrian. And so she told me that there was this web series that everybody was doing. It was horror, and it was about a cat. <laughs> who was possessed and that all of the proceeds, all the proceeds were going to animal charities. And I was like, Oh my God, I really want to do that. So my manager got me in and luckily, um, they wanted me to work with Doug. Yeah. So I, I think, um, I remember being on the stairs with Doug and oh, the neighbor. Yeah. The guy who played the neighbor, who's really, really good. He had a line that cracked me up and that was, um, he was sipping coffee and he said, the power of Christ compels me. And then he lifted up the coffee cup into the frame and said to drink coffee. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. <laughs> what, what, how, when did you hear that it was going to, you know, when they were putting it together to become a, a feature? A couple of months ago. And then today, Nicholas Tana, the creator and director who actually owned the cat who passed away. So this would be a great way to remember his cat. He he sent me an email telling me that there's going to be this um, you know event in Los Angeles for it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I watched the like I said, I watched the web series and I, I enjoyed it a lot. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they put it together uh, for for the future. I've always wanted to play um, a priest battling evil. It's just a thing. I, I've always wanted to do that. And I was, I actually prayed about it. Like, you know, oh, Lord, please give me this opportunity. You know, I really want to do this. And mm-hmm. then it shows you that God has a sense of humor because they were like, yeah, you're going to be playing a priest and he's exercising a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and Great, you know, even though, it's a, even though, even though it's a comedy, uh, you don't see too often anymore in movies, like a positive portrayal of a priest where they're actually fighting evil. Usually if a priest no, is in don't. a movie, they're, you know, they're automatically going to be some kind of pervert yeah, or, you know, right, right they're, you know, really Satanist or, or something, you know? Yeah, it's like clowns, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, I have played a necrophiliac clown in Circus of the Dead. <laughs> but, I played, you know, it's, it's a little cliche. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree 100%. No matter, you, no matter what, like, your beliefs are, I think uh, it's almost... um. It's kind of easy, I think. I think it's kind of cheap to to go uh, with the with the evil priest. I think so too. I've known a lot of priests and a lot of preachers, and you know they're really flawed people. But the majority of them are doing something where they're not going to make a lot of money, and they catch hell all the time from all sides, okay. except the TV ones. The, the TV ones, they're sons of bitches. Right, you know, right. if you're if if you're sitting up on a on a gold throne on television. <laughs> you're talking about God? Give me a break, man. I I'm not sending you money. I'm not sending you shit. You're on a gold throne. <laughs> Very well said. So, can you tell yes, us uh, any about your uh, about your character in Death House? 
Yes. Um, there's three guys, and all of all of who claim to be Satan. I think one of them says he's the son of Satan. One of them says he created Satan. I forget what Sean is. We were all like me and Sean, and um, I, uh, the other actor's name escapes me. And we're all in uh, in a viewing room together, and we're having an argument about who actually is the real Satan. <laughs> it's really, really, it was really funny dialogue, you know, while Barbara Crampton looks on. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, speaking of, uh, it's nice to see that, um, you know, people like Barbara Crampton and uh, a lot of people have made like really good comebacks in the last few years. It's not necessarily just, you know, used to be in horror movies, it would always just be like people in their 20s or 30s. But uh, now it's like a lot of veteran actors are, are coming back in film. And I think that's good to see. Oh, totally. And Dee Wallace has done a lot of stuff lately. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's another one, yeah. Red Christmas I got awesome. Uh, I just saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was great. I got a project coming up with her called Dead Afterlife uh, later on this year. And I'll tell you how sweet Dee is. When I first came to L.A., I was at a party. Somebody invited me, and she was going to be there. And I was like, I was so, so excited. And... um so I hadn't got a chance to talk to her because there was people around. And finally, at the end of the party, she came over and she said, is your name Bill? I said, yes. And she said, are you driving a white truck? I said, yes. She said, you're blocking me in. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I blocked, I blocked you all in. That is so awesome. That was, that was my claim to fame. Besides seeing Tim Curry in the grocery store, he was in the produce section at Ralph's. <laughs> and right there in um, Hollywood, where my apartment is, he's unbeknownst to me, he lives like four blocks back. And this is just before he had a stroke, about 2008. And he, he, I saw this guy. I was like, "Wow, he looks really looks like Tim Curry. He's got a hang dog face. You know, he's just shopping for cucumbers or whatever." And I said, "Excuse me, are you Tim Curry?" He turns around and gives me like this movie star smile and says, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a, a former evil clown meeting a future evil clown oh absolutely I asked him I said do you have any advice and um, he said did they ask you to come to Hollywood I said no no one asked me to come he said oh you poor thing <laughs> he, he said he said one should never come to Hollywood unless unless one is asked to come they asked me to come you know I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That's cool that he was he was uh, nice to you, though. Oh, it's completely nice. And I get the idea that he's nice to everybody. The big people yeah. that I work with, Jim Carrey, Hugh Jackman, Tim Curry, all of them were unbelievably nice. I guess that's why they're stars. Yeah, and why people would continue uh, want to continue to work with them. Oh, totally. Jim Carrey's walking around set, saying to every, extending his hand, saying, hi, I'm Jim. Like, mm -hmm. we don't know. <laughs> and that gives you the opportunity to then say, hey, I'm Neil. And you get to meet him on an equal basis. So different from the bitches, male and female, <laughs> who, who think that they're important. You know, the mid-level actors who are always pulling attitude. I'm like, oh, please. If Hugh Jackman can not be a dick, you could right, do the same right. thing. 
<laughs> right. right. If, if Logan's cool, uh, anybody can be cool. <laughs> oh, Logan, you wouldn't believe how cool Logan is. There's, I was playing his boss in a Japanese car commercial, and we we'd, we had we did a two-shot with us talking, and then we did the turnaround over my shoulder on him, and then they're getting ready to turn around on me. And they said, you know, Hugh, you go back to your trailer. We can use somebody else's shoulder for this. He said, no, I want to stand here and feed Bill lines. And I was like, you really don't have to do that. You know, you can go back to your trailer. And he said, if it was, if the situation was reversed, mate, I'd expect you to do this for me. We're in the same business. I was like, Oh my God, this is why you're Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's uh, totally I, awesome. Uh, can you tell us anything about age of the living dead? Cause I love the, the graphics of everything. Yes. Like anything I've, I've heard about it. It's a really, really cool series. A nice take on the vampire legend. I play the chairman of the board of the vampires. <laughs> it's really, it's really great because um, I get to tell like the vampire lore. I'm telling the other members, you know, how, how we came to be and uh, the history, the ancient history. And I'm sitting completely still and the director kept, saying, you know, be quiet or be still or be stiller. And it created this sort of hypnotic effect. And I thought, oh, man, this is too still. But it's, it's running now in Asia on Fox. And oh, the director nice. wrote me and, he's, and he said, people really love your character. It's so creepy. I was like, well, that's because of you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to get picked up and run over here. Uh, yeah. It's really nice. It's apocalyptic. It's action. It's uh, glossy. It's a really nice project. Yeah, I, as soon as I I remember you posting about it one day on on Facebook, and I saw I was like, wow, it looks really uh, just. I thought you looked perfect in the in the uh, in the role, and just everything about it, I thought, wow, this looks like something I'd be uh, really into. That sounds great. Yeah, and I think uh, now with uh, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, there's a lot of uh, you know, and of course, you know, K Cable itself. There's a lot of uh, opportunity out there for series to get picked up. Yeah, there is definitely. Um, these vampires are sort of akin to um, 30 Days of Night, which is my favorite modern take on vampires. I would agree. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that one, too. Because yeah, they were really dangerous. In it. Yeah. They're really dangerous. I like vampires that are quiet. In fact, I kind of really just like monsters who are quiet until the moment comes when they attack, and then it's just a frenzy. Mm-hmm. I agree with that's, that. That's, that's scarier than all the, you know, lurking and telegraphing what's going to happen. It's like, you know, it's like being married and you don't know whether you're going to get a kiss or a slap. <laughs> uh, I mentioned, you know, Hulu and, and uh, Netflix and all these things and video on demand. Um, uh, how, how important is that uh, uh, for people who are making, uh, you know, independent movies? Oh, absolutely. Now, you don't make the money you used to make um, because um, Amazon pays like pennies per stream. Um, If it's horror, people will steal it, especially if there's girls in it and they think the girls might be unclothed in parts Mm of it. They're going to steal it. But for most producers of independent horror, what they want is eyes on the project. Mm -hmm. And I've even talked to guys who are like, you know, I'm like, Dude, a half a million people stole your movie. They were like, that's great. You know, as long as a half a million people are watching it, they're happy. 
So what you said? It, yeah. I, go on. I was gonna say something after that. Yeah, go ahead, man. I was gonna say it was interesting when you said though you don't make the money you used to. I I do think there's a difference um, in people's attitude depending on their age because I've talked to like Tony Todd, who's who said people told him like uh, you must be like proud that uh, it was his movie a few years ago, Sushi Girl was the most uh, like uh, uh, pirated film of that year. And he's like, well, no, I'm not proud. I produced that, put my money into it. And I do just from talking to people, I see a difference uh, depending, you know, how old or how long someone's been in the industry, I guess would be a better term than age. Uh, If you were around, like, you know, when you uh, VHS stores or Blockbuster, as opposed to if you're a younger person who's just in the industry and that's all, you know, you're just happy someone would see it. Yeah, uh, I agree. That's so you're right because you don't know that you could actually make your money back on the movie, and then your wife would talk to you again. Because there are a lot of guys who have like, you know, honey, we're gonna, ma-, and they get their wife to let them, you know, I don't, my God, mortgage the house or take all the savings, and then what you're talking about happens. You know, people are watching the movie but nobody's paying for it, and she's like, ah, you said this would make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always try to get them on their first movie before the wife says no more. <laughs> before she advice. closes those purse <laughs> strings, you know, if it's your first movie, she, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> That's good advice for but horror. Does have a horror has a really high rate on and return on investment because it's mm-hmm. good internationally because it it you really don't need much dialogue. You know, it translates well into all of the languages. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, you know, I never really so thought that's where you that. make your money. You, you don't make money domestically on horror, but you can make money internationally. Um, you can sell territories overseas. And people get little niches. Like, apparently, I'm big in Belarus. <laughs> um, when I did the Weekend of Horror convention over in Germany, I had a lot of people from Eastern Europe come up and say, Ah, oh, the bill. Everyone knows the bill. So I was like, wow, I didn't know everybody knew the bill. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I'm going to write In that Romania, down. yeah. But it's not because they paid for the movies. It's because everybody there pirated Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies that year. And so they really liked it. Oh, okay. I was going to say, next time, I'm writing it down because next time we have you on, I'm going to introduce you as the man that's very big in Belarus. Bill, Bill He's Obers. big in Belarus. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. You're. European uh, European horror fans, particularly Eastern Europe, it's a big market, and if they like you, they really support you. I get a lot of fan mail from Eastern Europe. Yeah, we have a, I'm, uh, I'm, a lot. I'm I'm weird and ugly, and they they Europeans take more to that than Americans. Americans are always talking about, oh, you're not pretty, you're not pretty, and Europeans are like, yeah, you know, that's the point. He's he's weird. He's got a weird face. It's very cinematic. I would say interesting. I think uh, I personally, I think uh, if uh, if everyone's beautiful in the movie, it's kind of like no one necessarily stands out. But um, if someone has something that, that captures you, they're interested. Kind of like you were starting to bring it all around to wrestling. Is if someone's a character and stands out to you, to me that they're more memorable. Yeah, I I, I fully agree. Um, I've hated my face, my my acne scars and my um, accident scars and. You know, I've hated it for years and years and years. And but actually, since I started doing film, um, yeah, I've, I've come to embrace it because it gets me work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, honestly, we did talk about that in the in the last interview. If people want to hear that more in depth, I thought it was a 
is really interesting. It's the, of course, up on the website. So, uh, have you been to Asia since, uh, since age of the living dead's been out there? Do you know, like, uh, you know how they would take to you? Maybe you'd be big in Asia as well. I really, really would like that. I just did a Chinese action film that's uh, mostly Chinese cast. There's a couple of Americans in it. The money was out of China. All the money's out of China now. And uh, and I hope it I hope that it does well. And I played a drug kingpin, but the thing that made me think, hey, I might do well over there, is because they like their characterizations um, big mm-hmm. and over the top and highly dramatic. And I can do that. You know, I'm, I'm not the greatest actor in the world, but um, you know, I I can I can create a little drama on screen. And and they like that. They're they're not so nuanced that, you know, there's nothing left. If it's a bad guy, they like you to be bad. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So uh, February twenty third, I believe both Death House and uh, Hell's Kitty will be uh, premiering at different areas. So if you're in New York, if you're in LA, you can go see one or the other. And uh, Death House is having a, a run theatrically at uh, select theaters. So I'm hope hopefully there'll be one in Boston, but uh, I'm not sure yet. But uh, I know you can you should check the website, and I think uh, hopefully they'll be adding some more. Absolutely. Um, while I'm in New York, I'm going to be meeting with some potential investors for a project I'm really excited about. It's a stage project, a solo portrayal of Ray Bradbury. Oh, really? Um, awesome. Much in kind of in the same manner that Hal Holbrook portrayed Mark Twain years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, That's it's, awesome. Um, Portraying Bradbury, uh, some of his story, some of his philosophy, um, and yeah, I've, I've put it together with the approval of his family and his estate, and uh, we're ready to start looking for investors to get it off Broadway. I've, I've wanted to play Bradbury for years, and um, I'm really excited about it. What What is it about Bradbury that uh, drew you to him? Bradbury has this weird mix, right? He's extremely optimistic and joyful about being alive and the gift of life, but he's not a Pollyanna because he realizes that human beings are mostly shit, (laughs) right? (laughs) But like he says, we've got to go out into space to continue the human race because we're going to destroy this planet. We're going to do it. We're on the way to doing it now. We've got to go out into space, but out in space, we're going to take with us all our pettiness, all our jealousy, all our ugliness. But we're also going to take with us all of our optimism, all of our love, all of our potential. He's, a, he's very, very realistic and optimistic at the same time. And I've mm-hmm. always loved that mixture. You know, I don't like the Pollyannas. Oh, everything's great and people are wonderful and up with people. But I also don't like the you know, pot that we're never going to make it, whoever that smoke was. Right. The smoke that was never going to make it. Yeah, we're all doomed. <laughs> so that's what I love about Bradbury. I think he's got something to say right now. He's He's got something to say to us. The story that I open with in this script is The Sound of Thunder, which is about a man who goes back in time, steps on a butterfly, comes back, and the wrong person has been elected president, and America's mm. screwed. That's the story I open with. Uh, that awesome. must be where the butterfly effect uh, term came from. That's where it came from. Bradbury made it up. I did not know that. That's really interesting. He was, he was like 20, 
26 years old when he wrote these, these amazing, amazing stories. That's another thing that blows my mind. And if your listeners are creative in any way, guys, girls, remember everything that we think, oh, you know, this has been around forever and ever and ever. From Disney World to science fiction stories to movies, characters, at one time it was just somebody who said, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I know uh, Troy and I saw a uh, play about, it was like a one-man play about uh, Edgar Allan Poe with, um, oh, my God, the, the guy from uh, Reanimator. So what am I? Oh, my uh, God. I forget uh, the guy's uh, name. Oh, uh, uh, I, I love the actor. Jeffrey yeah, Jeffrey Combs. So I can see it. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Idea. He did a he did a great Poe. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yes. And mm-hmm. and also that's uh, kind of the same idea that I'm trying to get across here is that horror doesn't have to be you know just sort of crude slash them up. Mm-hmm. There can also be an eloquence and a power of language behind yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, Bradbury did some great like horror stuff too, you know. Um, yes, he did. He um, he he wrote some really terrifying stuff. Oh yeah. The, and his description of, for instance, is just one sentence in um, "A Sound of Thunder." He's talking about the jungle when they get off the time machine. He said the jungle was high and the jungle was low and the jungle was broad and the jungle was the whole world forever and forever. Those kind of sentences. Mm really really get it for me especially when you're constantly reading scripts where you know people talk like they're in the fifth grade (laughs) (laughs) very well said yeah so uh, oh what should oh my god what what should we do do you really think these woods are haunted like (laughs) the exposition is just (laughs) nobody says that stuff hey honey remember when we got married well, of course she remembers. <laughs> no, I, I read one. The, I read. I read one just this week. There was like, um, uh, I don't know. It was two chicks, and they were talking about something. Something, and one of them said, "Yes, but I'm out of college now." It's like, okay, your friend doesn't know you're out of college. That's like saying, "Oh, it's so hot!" Before you take off your top and get into the water, just take off your top. Your friend knows it's hot. You don't have to in say anything. Especially in, the, yeah. in the audience, is it that dumb that they can't like uh, figure something out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Uh, but uh, um, I, I want to thank I you for coming. Because that sounds that that just sounds tremendous. So I'd love to see that. I thank you for your encouragement because some people have mentioned it to are like nobody wants to see that. Oh, I do. At least one person I would too. does. Yeah, yeah I would too. I it. Yeah, I thought it sounded great, honestly. Yeah. Awesome, man. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I was, uh... is, is, um, did you ever read the, uh, what is it, the ice cream colored suit? It's just a little uh, short story. It's great. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. one suit that a bunch, a bunch of guys can't afford. Yeah. A yep. suit, and so they all go in together and they buy it. I love that one because it kind of reminded me of what you were talking about. It's it's optimistic but also realistic too. Definitely, you know you you remind me. He wrote a bunch of um, stories set in Mexico, and I, I remember reading that same collection with ice cream suit. There's one I don't know. It's called the Fever or what it is, but oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, there's um, the one I'm thinking of. There's a woman who's crying. Yeah. 
she's crying because her lover left her. Mm-hmm. And nobody in the apartment building can get any sleep because she keeps crying and she's just wailing and wailing and wailing and nobody can sleep. And so finally, all the women get together and they say, "We one of us has to sacrifice and send our husband up to give her comfort. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what the story is about. Is And they... And they pick this guy and tell him, you, know, you have to go, you have to do this for the community. And so he goes up and the crying stops. And so, yeah, keep us, keep us up to date because uh, that would be something that all of us would be interested in. And I, I think a lot of people listening to the show would be interested in. I will, man. And um, I, I appreciate you having me on the show and I appreciate what you do to keep uh, horror alive and uh, kicking and we appreciate it. Yeah, we love having you on and love to have you back sometime, Bill. Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. Hey, if, um, if your listeners want to hit me up on Twitter, it's Bill Overs Jr., and I love to. I think Twitter's probably a, my favorite platform. I really love to hear from people and, you know, see what's going on and hear ideas from people and all over the world. It's great. So feel free. Very cool. Thanks. Absolutely. Now, I did. I actually almost always ask people where to, to find them. And I forgot. I'm glad you you added that. It's a real pro here. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Facebook is uh, Facebook is just uh, mean political stuff now. And you know, I put posts on it, but it's like, oh god. But Twitter's I like Twitter. Twitter's cool. Which ones do you like best? Um, the I think I'm just used to Facebook, but I do understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, there is just a lot of uh, uh, just nonstop political posts. Uh, but I do like, I think there's a little more interaction there. It's probably cause I have more people there. Uh, I probably should uh, try to use Twitter more. I think it's also good for the show to use it more. Yeah. I like Twitter because there's people, I, I hear more from, uh, people all over the world on Twitter and it's really cool. They get like a tweet from somebody in Singapore or something that it's like, wow, in Singapore and here, you know, it's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. old. I'm old enough for the technology to still be. A little wonderful and fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing, though. You know, yeah. when everything yeah. that's amazing just kind of, then yeah. that's no fun anymore. Yeah. Speaking of worldwide, yeah, I did. Uh, I forgot. Speaking of worldwide, real quick, I did forget to mention when you brought up about uh, a lot of uh, horror fans in in Europe. Is um, one of our biggest fans is uh, Vera in in Germany, and she's a, a loyal listener, and I want to give a, a shout out to her. But I, I know from her. Yeah. Uh, that horror is huge in Germany. It is huge in Germany. I love, I love, love Germany. And it's big in Czech Republic, too. And I want to give a shout out to anybody who might be listening from Czech Republic. I love your country and the food. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. All right, man. I always like good to, to check talk out to the food wherever I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, All right. Man. Good to talk to you, too. We'll, uh, we'll okay, talk guys. to you again. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Too. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. She's alive, she's vile, Miss Frankenstein Heartless scientist across the line
right, and we're back here without your head. I'm still Leslie Neal. And I remain terrible, Troy. And what the uh, hell uh, is that thing in the corner? Oh, my God. I think that's, that's Robbie Scar. Yes, I knew you'd come. Let me poke him with a stick. <laughs> Ooh, he likes yes. it. Yes. Yes. You Robbie, how so you what? Guess what? what? I love Justice League. Well, there you go. You should. Lo- you you know what? If you love it, I think you should tell everyone you love it. That I don't think. Want to know? Uh, you should. I don't think you should let people sway your opinion. If you like it, stick by it. I agree. Well, you know why I liked it. Why? Because I felt like the story was good, not perfect, because too much, too, too, too much stuff was cut out. But uh, the story was good. The pacing was much better than Batman versus Superman. I will say it was um, better than Batman versus Superman. The, yeah, the editing was Batman better. Versus Superman. And it wasn't nearly as much Lex better. Luthor in, the, in this one. That's true. Well, I like that in credit scenes. I just hate that guy's you know, Lex Luthor. I just yeah, I'm not a fan of his Lex Luthor. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to agree to well, agree more... with you on the movie. I don't, I don't like the film, but I do think uh, if you genuinely like something, that uh, that you shouldn't let anyone else talk, talk you out of it. Yep. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. Due to my condition, I will be buying it soon oh very good have you seen it yet yeah did you see it yeah okay yes it was was amazing yeah i loved it and i love i still like the original i just think uh it's a different take on it i i really enjoyed it oh yeah well Uh, i can't wait to see the original wasn't yeah the the original wasn't an actual movie it was just a tv show well it was a miniseries yeah so they couldn't do as much you know Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's just uh, it's but, different. I I still like it, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, this one was. Uh, I I I actually like both Pennywise. I liked in this one that um, the portrayal of Pennywise is he is more otherworldly. It is more of a creature than uh, you know, like a just an evil clown. Mm. Yeah, uh, this well, is great. Yeah, like, I think all the I think all the child actors are great in the movie. Oh yeah, but I think in the next one they're all going to be adults. Yeah, the, the next one will be about the adults. But you might get some more flashback then, stuff. You might get, you know, like mm-hmm. some stuff that happened back in the day. This is true. Um, see, there was talks about making, just real quick. Uh, there was talks about making it into a trilogy um, instead of because it was originally going to be two parts. And I know some people said that like they wouldn't want that. I'd have no problem with it because not only do I like it, but the the novel is like eleven hundred pages or something. So yeah, it's there's massive. plenty of there's plenty of material in it to to make it a you know three part movie. Oh yeah, oh I agree. I, I have the novel. Mm-hmm. I guess where I, I found I, it. Where did you find it? Walmart. Nice. Oh, there you go. Very good. Is it uh, one that there's yeah. an abridged and an unabridged, or is that just the stand? That's the stand. 
Okay, because I know like the stand, if you get the, the abridged one, it's like like 150 pages shorter. Yeah, I don't like a no, stand no, uh, or abridged books. No, yeah. me either. Uh, um, do you guys have iPads or a tablet? I do not. Well, I have a tablet. I do have a tablet. Uh, I was I was searching on Comixology for like Tales from the Crypt, and uh, they have the old EC archives on there. Oh, really? Oh, sweet! That's pretty yeah. awesome. Are, are they free or do, are they? Uh... Oh no, you have to buy them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine though. I'm just yeah. uh, you know, how much are they? I think the one I was looking at was like ten bucks. No, that's for how many? For like. Is it for like the volume? A volume? Oh, okay. Oh, that's not bad then. Because I know, like, if you get the, like, the hardcover reprints, I think they're like fifty bucks. Yeah, I have one of the hardcover reprints, and yeah, it was expensive. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, when you do buy comics for a comicsology, you have to buy it through Amazon. Mm Hmm. That's fine. Because uh, Amazon. Amazon bought them out. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, I just thought I'd give you that news because I thought you no, guys would like it. That's good. That's yeah, good. I love the I love the original EC uh, comic, uh, Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror. All those, all that stuff's just uh, fantastic. So holds up too, and you oh, can, yeah. can see. Oh, yeah. You can really see the uh, how that influenced so many, so much horror. You know, people that grew up reading it that went on to make movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So like many uh, great illustrators. Show. Oh yeah, you get like that. Great, I wish I would like, make a creep Jack show comic. Davis stuff and things like that. Well, you can get you can get the creep show comic. You know, it was a uh, graphic oh, really? novel. Yeah, it's awesome. You got to get it. Uh, Bernie Wrightson does it. It's beautiful. The late great yeah, Bernie Wrightson. Yeah, all of my century. I will. <laughs> I will look for it. Yes. Well, that is your new you. quest. Yeah. Yes. And anyone out there who uh who knows like of any like current like uh horror comics out there, graphic novels I do. that are uh, let us know. Okay, well what are some of the ones you like? Um it's from DC called the Hellblazer. What's it what's, what's it the what's the premise? Basically it's a gay uh kind of an exorcist type character who also does magic. John mm-hmm. Constantine. Okay, um, Constantine. I know Constantine. Yeah, he, he first appeared in a Vertigo comic series, which is owned by DC, called mm-hmm. Hellblazer. And then in uh, 2011, with the relaunch and the creation of the New 52, he became part of a team called Justice League, Justice League Dark, where it was all supernatural and monster like Didn't they characters. do an animated one with that? Yep, and it was awesome. Yeah. And they're also working on a film right now, too. Oh, okay. And uh, also, Swamp Thing is always good. Oh, yeah. Sw- I can't I, go uh, wrong with Swamp Thing. I think they're releasing a new comic book either next week or the week after. It's a pretty big comic issue that they're releasing, and it's about eight bucks, but I think it's worth it because a lot of pages, you know? Who's the, uh, and, who's uh, the guy who did, uh, who did Watchmen? Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Uh, because his, his run with Swamp Things is, is excellent. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, let's see. 
I think that's it. And then if you look on image, if you check image, they have like a lot of uh, horror miniseries that I think you guys would like. Well, I'd like, you know, and people are listening, you post on the without your head page. Uh, I'm always interested because uh, I do read um, Walking Dead, which I think is uh, I really like the comic, but I would like to uh, read some other stuff. I have some graphic oh, dead man. Novels. Dead man. What's that? Dead man. He's like a he. He was a. He's a murdered. He's acrobat. a dead man. <laughs> okay. I think. Yeah. Was him he an old Jack Kirby scary. character? I think so. Yeah. And he was also a part of Justice League Dark. So basically, he's like a spirit who tries to fight evil, but at the same time, he's trying to solve his murder. Mm-hmm. So, check the check those out. I think they're pretty cool. All right. Uh, do you guys have a good one? Are right, you two things? You as well. Thanks, Robbie. It's good to hear from you. No problem. Hey, have a good one. You as well. Take care. And stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, will let everyone know coming up, and it's actually two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight. Uh, Troy, myself, and Jason Mitten, without your head crew, will be at Mad Monster Party in Carolina and Charlotte. Uh, it's a great hotel at the Hilton. We've been there many times uh, for Fan Fest. I've been there actually for Mad Monster. And so I uh, hope a lot of people can uh, make it out there because it's going to be a great time. It's, it's always a cool convention. And it'll be the first time Troy's been to a convention in years. It's true. And uh, we know the area, we know the hotel, mm-hmm. so it's going to be like going back home for us. It's going to be a blast, I think. I agree, I agree. And uh, so we're going to go over here some of these guests. And uh, by the way, you guys, to definitely uh, let me get the the. I think it's uh, let me pull up their um, page here. It's MadMonster.com, and also uh, follow them on the Twitter, MadMonsterMag. And also their uh, their Instagram at Mad Monster Mag. And while you're at it, follow Without Your Head on uh, on both of those. You just search Without Your Head for everywhere. Follow us, subscribe, all that good stuff. So, Troy, we got some. Um, we're gonna go over all the guests here. We got some people from Nightmare on oh, yeah. Elm Street. We got Amanda Wiss, who is nice. from the original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the one who the, the blonde who gets uh, one of the greatest scenes in any of those movies where. Uh, she's being, uh, you know, killed, and, and it's like on the ceiling and, and all around. It's just a, a wild scene. Yeah, I love that scene. That's that's like the best. Yeah, she was going to be on tonight, but she had to reschedule because she is uh, shooting a film. But uh, we're going to have her on later on, uh, probably around April. But uh, and you'll be able to meet her at Mad Monster. Nice. Uh, Lisa Wilcox, who was a former guest on the show from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5. Excellent. Tuesday night, who was just on the show uh, not that long ago from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Excellent. Danny Hassel from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5. We never had him on the show, actually. That would be interesting. Yeah. And uh, uh, Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself. That's badass. That's just yeah. totally bitching. I mean, you, that's when you think of, you know, like in the past, he had like Boris Karloff and Vincent Price. And mm. uh, that's really like the closest you're going to get, uh, you know, f- for modern day is is Robert. Oh, I think so. I think you're right. 
yeah, that's you don't really get any better than that. Mm-hmm. Just a uh, huge name, obviously. And what's interesting is uh, Ken Kurtzinger is going to be there. So they're actually going to be doing uh, the Freddy vs. Jason photo op. And it will nice. be the correct, you know, the correct, uh, the correct Jason. Oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, from uh, Aliens, we have uh, Jeanette Goldstein and Michael Bean. Oh, nice. And uh, Lance Henriksen. Oh, which, uh, awesome. Lance is the man. Of, yeah. Uh, people should check that interview from our archives. Uh, I love that interview. Yep. Yep. Uh, get some people from Child's Play. Christine Ellis, Elise from Child's Play 2. And Alex Vincent from Child's Play. Perfect. It was my favorite part of the new Child's Play. I thought he was, he was I liked his character. Wow. We had the head saved in the, uh, in the vault. <laughs> yep. Uh, Nick Castle from Halloween, who played uh, the original shape, Michael Myers. Oh, very nice. That's going to be pretty awesome. Um, Peter Chris from Kiss. Now, I'm not necessarily a big Kiss fan, but it is uh, that for for people who are Kiss fans, that is a, a legendary uh, musician. Yep. We had the Mego action figure, though. And we did. That's very true. He's the cat, the original cat. Yep. Uh, the Sasuke twins, uh, Jen and Sylvia Sasuke. Uh, people love them in the, in the horror community. Made the See No Evil 2, uh, oh, American yeah. Mary, host of the Hell Elevator. And uh, speaking of No Evil, Troy, See No Evil, Kane is going to be there. The big oh, red machine. That's awesome. We've never met Kane. No, I'd like to meet Kane. Kane should be, should be pretty cool. Yeah, and kind just, of intimidating, I think. Yeah, and he's a big man. He's just coming off uh, uh, main eventing the Royal Rumble. I, I hope he's not corporate Kane, though. I want him Kane with the big red <laughs> machine, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to be wearing this stuff. All right. I hope he is, though. Mm-hmm. If he has the mask, I'll be very happy. Uh, if not, I'm going up to him and say, hey, you got to wear this, buddy. That's right. We'll bring a cane mask just in case. Hey, put this fucking thing on. Exactly. Big uh, Foley will be there. Wrestling legend. Mm-hmm. Hardcore legend Mick Foley. Road Warrior Animal. Oh, too cool. Former guest on uh, In Your Head, so as long with Mick Foley. And I just uh, received a pretty sweet uh, Zubaz Road Warrior Animal mask for us. Uh, nice. That's awesome. Maybe I'll bring it. I'll get a photo yeah. It'll beat uh, you up. <laughs> Maybe he probably would. <laughs> Nothing so hard, I guess. But uh, Ronnie Blake will also be there for my Nightmare on the Street. I forgot to mention. Plays the oh, mom. She's the mom, yeah. yeah. Gets pulled through the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really good in that movie too. I know when we watched it again recently, um, she does a really, really good performance as uh, the alcoholic. Oh yeah, she's great in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid Haig from House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, one of our all-time favorites. Oh, Sid's the man. Mm-hmm. If, if he can make it out there, like, you know, Sid's worth the price of admission by himself. Agreed. Uh, uh, Leatherface himself, Ari Mihailov, one of our favorites. Oh, nice. That's awesome. He's going to be there in, in for the first time ever 
uh, since the movie, he's doing it in costume. He's going to do it in costume. Uh, in costume photo op. Oh, nice. So it sounds like there's a lot of uh, cool photo ops at this thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. And uh, the director, Jeff Burr, will be there, who directed uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Oh, very which good. I always think is uh, underrated. Of the, I still think the first one is the best by far. Yep. And then I like the second one more as I, I've got a, to adult is really a comedic. It's like a comedy version of the first movie. Uh-huh. And then um, Leatherface, the, the third one is really just kind of straight up um, slasher. And uh, I don't think it's uh, I think it's underrated of the of the series. Is that the one with Ken Foray in it? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, that one that one I actually kind of enjoy. Yeah, I think it's a good movie. A lot of people, yep. lot of people talk about it, and it's much better, I think, than any of them after that. Oh, God, yeah. Then they really get goofy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that, that that's one's cool. even got Vigo in it. Yeah, it's got a pretty wild, amazing yeah. cast. So I don't think they've announced, like, uh, panels or anything yet. But oh, I'm sure they'll have panels. But uh, I'm just looking at the. I'm just going to make a guess. I don't. I have no in, inside information or anything. But I assume there'll be, uh, you know, like a Nightmare on Elm Street one, uh, and probably Aliens. Oh, that'd be awesome. Maybe a wrestling one. Oh, that would be cool too. Yeah, or see no. Yeah, yeah, or see no evil two one and child's. Yeah, it might even be both. Yeah, a lot of stuff that could uh, work there. And uh, it's pretty cool because you've got Freddie, Jason, and Michael Myers all there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty wicked. And Leatherface. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like four, that's like four. You got of the, the Mount Rushmore of slashers yeah. right there. Exactly. Get them all at once. So, yeah. And then uh, vendors, um, there's a ton of vendors here. Uh, Acid uh, Bath Productions will be there. That's uh, James Balsamo's uh, group who made okay. um, Making the Lich. It's coming out. Which, by the way, I have to mention, Troy, how cool is that that there's a Lich movie? Oh, I, I think if if I could narrow down one favorite, like, Dungeons & Dragons monster, it might be the Lich. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the Draco Lich is pretty awesome, too, but the Lich is just just such a cool creature. I love it. Yeah. 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 So I was very happy as soon as I saw that. Oh, Yeah. Uh, Clay Guy, who just makes awesome stuff. If you've not seen Clay Guy, he makes little clay figures of of uh, horror, you know, legends. Not just even legends, but some, like, obscure stuff and, and cult stuff. And they're just wild to look at. Uh, I've always wanted to own some. I don't know why I don't. Well, now's your time. Now is my time, exactly. Uh, London 1888. That's uh, Christopher Ott's uh, company. Just the great T-shirts, hats, patches, uh, pins, and I'm looking to to purchase some new patches while I'm there. Oh, nice! That's perfect. Because I'm going to debut Troy. My I've, I've put the guy. I've been wanting to do something for a long time. I, I thought about doing the denim, but I'm not a punk rocker. Right. I don't know if you know this about me, Troy. You know me for a while. I'm not a punk rocker. No, nope, no, nope, that's true. I, I have I can honestly say that. Right. And so I don't want to pretend. I don't want to be like, you know, like, hey, yeah, look at me. I'm getting down with the punk. <laughs> so well, you could be Randall Flagg, though. Who's that? 
He's got oh, the jean jacket. You know, the yeah, walking dude, you know. That's true. So I decided, though, I like hoodies. I always wear a hoodie. That's why true. Not, why not just cover that thing with some cool patches? What? Why the hell not? So, uh, yeah, so I took up sewing. I've got a sore finger. Uh, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Uh, Paul Bear Press also make awesome patches, a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, I can't name them all. Go over to uh, madmonster.com and check them out. All kinds of cool people. Little Shop of Horror. I know them very well. Uh, a lot of cool people. Scumbags and superstars. I'm very excited. <laughs> they make um, They make fucking awesome patches and pins. Awesome. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. I actually have many of them. Uh, nice. Goblin House also makes a lot of cool stuff. So a lot of people I know are going to be here and people I, I'm not familiar with yet. So uh, scares the cares and, oh, uh, nice. and yeah, and this people. podcast called "Without Your Head" is going to be there. Who the hell are they? I don't know. A bunch of bunch of no good bastards. I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, you can you can uh, you can um, you can do an interview with. I mean, you can uh, get a photo op with us. That's true. Well, we'll how much are we gonna charge for photo ops? Um, a patch. Got a patch. They gotta present you with a patch for your uh, hoodie. All right, all right. I like that. I like that How's idea. That? I was just checking out the clay guy Neil, and uh, you're not kidding. There's some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Got a whole page of uh, King stuff. You can get old Pennywise or new Pennywise. Ah, it is weird because that really is a. Uh, I really actually love both uh, performances of Pennywise. Yep. I don't think one negates the other. Nope. It's kind of like I love, uh, I don't, besides actually the new Joker, I mean, I, I think uh, pretty much all portrayals of the Joker uh, are great, and they're all different. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I even love, you know, the old Cesar Romero Joker. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And Jack Nicholson. I mean, that's the best yep. part of that movie. Yep. And then on the uh, the Batman animated, uh, mm-hmm. oh, the guy that's Luke Skywalker. Um, mm-hmm. He's Mark just Hamill. Luke Skywalker. Yes, Mark Hamill. He's he's awesome as a Joker too. Yeah, yeah, of course, definitely. So there you go, Mad Monster. Hope to see you guys there. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, also, if you know any cool eateries around there, let us know. Yep, because uh, we like to eat. And we found a place called uh, Bad. Daddy's Burgers. We're gonna be checking out. They've got like mountainous burgers. Ooh, nom 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 nom. Only yeah. thing about that that area, I wish they had. Um, I don't think they had a coffee shop. So if anybody knows there of a coffee like, shop in that area, mm-hmm. there's but, not one in the hotel either. I don't believe. I don't think so. Mm. Maybe uh, if there's a co- maybe there'll be a coffee pot in the thing. I know it's not okay. quite the same. If not, yeah. let's. If there's a, I know Clinton, President Clinton's coming and Jason, anyone out there is coming, bring us some coffee. Yes. I'll, I'll be cranky with no coffee. I know. Oh, yeah. God, I won't be able to stand you. No, I'll be like a friggin' grizzly bear. <laughs> It'll be bad times. Bad times. That's true. You want to put a damper on this? Well, <laughs> don't let Troy have any coffee. Yeah. You want to see the so, real terrible Troy. Uh, Winchester is a 
open, I believe, tomorrow. Well, tonight, I think in some places, but tomorrow's the, is the opening. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, that looks really cool to me. It's uh, based on, like, a true story. Yep. Uh, but it's basically kind of a haunted house kind of deal. Yeah, because uh, the woman, she's, I don't know if she was Winchester's granddaughter or daughter. And uh, the ghosts of, like, everybody he shot with a Winchester rifle haunted her. And if she didn't keep building the house, then, you know, they'd catch her or something. So she mm-hmm. just kept building this crazy house in every direction. Mm-hmm. It says, a uh, house that knows, knows the end, constructed in an incessant 24-hour day. Seven-day-a-week mania for decades. It stands seven stories tall and contains hundreds of rooms. Yeah, you can actually go and see the place. You can visit. Uh, it's, you know, still there. Wow. So, yeah, I would I would definitely like to see that. That looks cool. Yeah, that would be one that, that I think would be worth seeing. I don't know. What else? Oh, I know you want to see the new Fifty Shades of Grey, I think, is out. Uh, no. Tomorrow. I've never seen any of the Fifty Shades movies, and the odds are I never will. No, chances are good. We probably won't be seeing that. Yeah, uh, Hereditary is that was that the name of it? I know it's the one that yeah. a lot of people are looking forward to. That does look pretty wild. But I don't think that one's out till what June. Yeah, it's not coming out like any time uh, yeah. soon. I do hope that um, that we do get to see uh, Death House. I hope that it does. Uh, it does get an opening somewhere. In New York, I know it's doable, but it's a little far away. I hope, uh, hopefully, it would. Uh, uh, yeah, one get of our places here. in Boston, maybe. Yeah. I'm surprised. You know, I think it'd be something that would play really well at Coolidge. Oh, I bet it would. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. So I asked, uh, you know, I asked the the headless headless ones here at the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash without your head whore. And here's some of the movies that, uh, they're looking forward to in 2018. Oh, good, good, good. Um, Kurt Dessel brought up death house. Yep. And also the new Halloween. Ooh. When does that come up? I don't know if there's a, there's a date, but it's definitely this year. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's all these things about it. Uh, it's a direct sequel to the first one, which honestly really is just what H2O did. I don't, I don't have anything against that. I just think it's funny that people bring it up as like it's a new thing because it's <laughs> really just what the last one did. But well, not the last one, but sure. But all that aside, uh, I am looking forward to it. I mean, it's Halloween. I love Halloween. It could be the shits. It could be awesome. But I definitely will be seeing it. Oh yeah, I'll go in with an open mind. <laughs> and like nothing's really out there, any trailers or anything to really base anything on, other right. than just that it's being made. You know. I was asked what your favorite Halloween movie is, but I assume it's just Halloween. Yeah, I love I love uh, you know the original Halloween, but I also love Rob Zombie's Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I love uh, both of the first ones. All sequels and things are okay, you know, some mm-hmm. of them here and there. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I like Halloween three. It's really nothing about Michael Myers. Uh, right, right. I think they take a, a big, even though I don't mind like Halloween two. And now they'll see, but it's a it is a big step down from the original Halloween. Yeah, yep. I think like you still have um, oh, uh, Loomis. Loomis. Yeah, Donald Pleasant. The ones with him are worth watching just for him. Yeah, oh yeah. But like they get really, really weird and goofy after a while. 
Yeah, even the second one, like uh, I remember really liking as a kid, but I uh, watch it now and it's not that I dislike it, but it's really a kind of a generic uh, slasher film. Yeah, it yep. really loses a lot from the first one. It's not a bad movie, but I think compared to, comparing it to the first one, it's not. It's definitely a step down. Right. And then those weird ones that were like made direct to VHS, like you got this something about like some kind of devil cult and all this stuff, and then it, you never find out where that goes. Cause it oh yeah, ends. people are like walking around or something, like stalking them, and you don't really. Yeah, there's, there's no payoff at all. Yeah, I think like the sixth one, there's like a, a guy with boots who comes in and saves them. And yeah. you assume it's almost like the devil or something, but then you just never know because then they go to H2O. Yeah, they forget <laughs> all about that. Yeah. You know what? Instead of doing direct sequel to the first one, why doesn't someone do a direct sequel to part six? I want to pay off to this storyline. I know. That's true. We've waited. We've waited all this time. Uh-huh. Who the hell's a dude in the boots, man? What's going on? That'd be weird. Someone just put out like we're making Halloween seven. <laughs> yeah. <You're> like what? <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Here. Sean McNabb, uh, Hutchun, uh, Hutchun. It's a German word. The Duke of Crows. I'm not really familiar with that, but it does have a pretty sweet name. Yeah. That's one that gets your attention here in the title. Yeah. Four twenty-somethings and three businessmen are hunted by a terrible monster. While Ooh, a former I like minister, I do too. Troy and I are fans of monster movies. Yes, indeed. And uh, it's nice to see because uh, you don't see monster movies <laughs> too much anymore, so it's always fun when one comes back. Oh yeah. Uh, while a former minister prepares to do battle with the ancient evil. So yeah, they show it looks like a baboon, honestly. <laughs> An ancient evil baboon. Yeah. So look at that. That sounds cool. Uh, sorts of uh, monster movies. Um, well, we had him on last year, uh, Seb uh, Godin, and his uh, like Lycan, what's it? Like Canimator. Oh yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a cool title. Yeah. Uh, the trailer yeah. came out and the poster. The poster's just kick ass. Oh, I love that. the poster. The poster's bitching. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that he just loves, you know, these crazy movies. So I think that's going to come through in his film. Oh, good. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Andrew Spence says the new Purge, which uh, you know what? I've never seen any Purge sequels. I only saw the first one. Yeah, me either. I'm the same way. I should How many watch. Have you made? Think three. Oh, okay. I remember that third one looked good when it was election year. Yep. But I thought the first one looked good too, and I didn't think much of it. Yeah, maybe that's why I never watched any of the other ones. Yeah. I, I really liked the premise, but yeah. I don't think the, uh, the, the execution was, just, yeah, yeah. wasn't the same. It really just became a, a home invasion movie. Yep. But I do like the, the idea. The new Purge one uh, is just a red hat that says, like, the, the first Purge, which. It's obviously playing on uh, on Trump. Yep. Which, uh, in a way, I think is neat, but in a way, it's almost starting to get played out. Yeah, that's true. That might be one <laughs> of those things it might be time to pull back from a little. Yeah, because the last Purge did that, and then the last season of American Horror Story was that. Yep. Uh, uh, the Nun, which is a sequel to... Uh, uh, oh, Insidious. 
Sidious, yeah. Yeah, that one, I don't know. Any any of the spinoffs, like, I don't know, just not crazy about the idea. You know, it's a good yeah. spooky-looking character and stuff, but I don't think it needs its own movie. Yeah. About the nun in that movie, too, I thought, like, it... it uh was definitely very creepy looking, but I didn't think it really fit in the the story. Like it, it was almost like shoehorned in to have something creepy looking in hopes to have a spinoff. Right, right. I think you're right. Yeah, it was a little forced because mm-hmm. uh, it didn't have anything to do with the actual story. Because that was that was the one that was based on a real story. Yeah. Uh, he said he says Halloween. Matt Trayson says uh, he brings up about Death House coming out um, February twenty third in New York and L A. Check your local listings. Uh, Hereditary by Ry Levy. Oh, good, good. And Mandy. Mandy. I'm not familiar with that one. Not either. I'm going to have to look into this. Mm. See, apparently Nick Cage is going to be in it. Hmm. Uh, Missy Mooney brings up Mom and Dad. Uh, I've seen other people saying it's good. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that one either. Yeah, we got well, so we'll be on the lookout. We got to start checking out post these trailers so we can find. Yes, yes. Uh, Maybe C Wright says Texas Chainsaw Massacre: of The Sawyers. I did not know that's a thing, and I kind of hope it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Mace. Nothing against Mace. Uh, Sean Mooney, Necronomicon, The Book of Hell. Wow. I'm always looking forward to a Necronomicon thing. I agree. I agree. Uh, Hereditary again from Shane. Uh, we oh. got Winchester from Esther. Oh, good. Anthony's got Halloween. Uh, Nesta's got uh, Hereditary. Oh, and Hellraiser Judgment. That, that I'm glad someone brought that up. Yeah, I, that I one that, we've been on. hearing about for a while, you know? Yeah. I actually think that the trailer looks really good. I know it's uh, it's not Doug Bradley yep. has been hit, but I just think as a trailer, as a movie, it had me interested. It when I watched it, like this was something I'd want to see. You know, if you take out all like, well, I don't, you know, it sucks that Doug Bradley's not in it, right? And you know that they're, um, you know, the creator, you know, they're making this to try to keep the rights, blah blah blah. All that stuff. And not 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 that any of that's uh, you know just rubbish and, and and isn't you know viable to talk about, but just as a movie, I, I thought Hellraiser Judgment Day uh, from the trailer, I thought it looked uh, decent. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that one. Yeah, very weird imagery. Yep. Yeah, she also brought up a quiet place, which I thought looked great from the trailer too. I think uh, I think you might have saw that at, at the movies. Yeah, I did. I did. I thought that one looked cool, too. Mm-hmm. Sal Hernandez, Deviant Behavior, which is a movie he's making coming out later this year. And uh, we'll have him on the show to talk about that. Hmm. Uh, uh, Summer of 84 here by Frank. I don't know if you saw that. It does look good. I The only issue is, Troy, uh-huh. let me throw this out to you. Tell me if you've not, you know... If this is totally original to you, it's about a group of kids in the eighties who are into D and D and playing games and stuff who, you know, are in a horror setting. Okay. No, by I like that. I actually love that stuff. I mean, I love, I love stranger things. Yep. I love turbo kid. I love, 
Uh, I love the new it. Um, there's some stuff I'm probably forgetting, but uh, it is starting to be a little a little overkill with uh, with all the '80s nostalgia. Yeah, yep. Yeah, as long as they keep doing new things with it, I'll be okay. Yeah. But if it starts falling into you know, like if the kids start to get pretty similar, it's gonna get old. Yeah. How about Unsane? Did you see the uh, trailer for it? No. Yeah, uh, Brian Leatherface at work. He uh, he showed me that one, and it actually looks pretty decent. Oh, nice. Cool. So yeah, send us uh, stuff. I just uh, thanks a lot. Of people have been sending some news for the show. I'll be posted at this uh, week uh, tomorrow, probably when I get some free time. But if you have anything out there that you'd like us to talk about, if it's a new movie, cool merchandise, uh, whatever it is, send over to withoutyourhead at gmail.com. And if you have something you'd like to have reviewed, a trailer, I mean a screener of, uh, of your horror movie, also send that to the same email. And we'll send that to Jason Bitten, who does an amazing job over Without Your Head in the watching movie section for his reviews. Oh, yeah. Yep. I always look forward to any of the, you know, new... Uh new movies that he's reviewing just you know yeah yeah in the last uh, week or times. so we've got uh the crossbreed uh stillborn curse of the witch's doll and inoperable he is like the hardest working um critic yeah that oh I yeah can think of. good man good man yes indeed yeah uh, me, so I say, up. like, fuck Rex Reed. Just go straight to Jason's thing. Yeah, he's an asshole, too, Rex Reed. Yeah, screw him. Matt Fraser's Temple of the Monkey looks really good. Sweet name. I know, uh, I like the name. Robert Budzinski, he's got Boo and Medea Halloween 3. <laughs> he's ready. I'm going to boot this man out of the... You're out of here, Budzinski. Uh, you know, I've never seen the Medea movie. Maybe I should watch them. Maybe I'll watch them. I'll come back to the show. Like, forget horror movies. This whole show is just going to be dedicated to the films of Medea. Yeah, yeah. You see, you're uh, you, you were dragging your feet going into um, oh, what was the uh, movie about the ice skater? Yeah, I, uh, I Tanya. Yeah, yep. You're dragging your feet going into that. Then you saw it. So you never know. Tyler Perry might have that same thing. That's very true. Like, man, I'm sorry. I've been yeah. ragging on this guy for years. Now, they have no say here in the show, the, uh, the, the, the movie pass. They don't give us any money. Hopefully someday they will. But... <laughs> That piece that I do want to put them over because I love I love the idea. It's an amazing for fans of, of cinema. Uh, likes to go to, anyone else go to the movies even if you only go a couple times a, a month. Uh, Ten dollars a month. It's just a great deal. And for me personally, it's uh, really made me see a lot of movies that I wouldn't have normally seen at the theater. I might have waited till Netflix or might even pass me by. But I Tanya being one of them. I'd, I'd really probably I would have never went to see that at the theater, no. but with the with the movie pass, I was like, "Well, what's playing? This is playing. Let me go see that." And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a great film. 
See, that's great. That's awesome. That's like, you know, even better in the old days when, you know, you'd have the matinee for like a buck or something and go see, right. you know, whatever was playing. But mm-hmm. now you can even be a little choosier. You know, it's not whatever they're just giving you to watch. You can make your yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. But it will, you know, it's got us out to see some things that we normally wouldn't see, probably. Yeah, so for the first time in a long time, I've actually seen almost all the movies up for, like, Oscars. That's awesome. That's a great thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, plus the, some weirder ones are up for Oscars, like, you know, The Shape of Water, which uh, I think the movie yeah, you never beautiful. thought you'd see oh. something like that, right? Oh, it's like a really, I mean, it's a really... No, he's like a horror, but it's a really strange film to be up for. Oh, like it yeah. It's out there. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm glad it is. Though. I think that's oh, uh, yeah. that's good that, you know, it's not just kind of what you would think of like the typical film. Yep. Speaking of Winchester, if you have a Regal reward card, which uh, uh, if you go to the Regal cinemas, you get a Regal record card, you get points, you use it for popcorn stuff. But you can also get stuff. And I just see here on on the page. You can get a Winchester lantern. Oh, no way. Yeah. And it's just a black pop-up LED lantern that just says like Winchester on the top, which is kind of lame, but uh, <laughs> you could get the Winchester lantern. Maybe that's something to do with the with the movie, though. Maybe she uses a lantern, you know, as she's walking through the haunted house. Yeah, it's probably not like a modern pop-up lantern, though. That'll be <laughs> no. very scary. Probably yeah, like but I, I, it might not be too safe to have like you know the hooded lantern with oil in it. So. <laughs> no, to, just to give out to like kids yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Here you go, Johnny. <laughs> Four. Here's some oil. Throw it in this lantern. <laughs> uh, Texas Friday Bear Weekend has a new poster. It's pretty awesome. I love it. I think that one's tremendous. Yeah. Well, not. Uh, it probably says the artist here. Uh. Pit titties art. It's but, really uh, nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a great yeah. job. So uh, looking forward to that too. I don't know if Troy will make it to Texas, but we'll find out. Maybe once yeah. once you get to uh, Charlotte, it'll uh, it'll light the fire in you to do some uh, conventions with us. That's true. It'll be like the old days. Yeah. Let's see if the old years. fellas get you know some one more round left in them. <laughs> right. We're bringing you back in, me and Jason. I guess think they... I can make it. I don't know if I can hang with these new kids now. <laughs> we got the new young blood with us, Jason. So he's there to like uh, make you feel young again. Oh, okay. All right. He'll be my driving force. He'll yeah. bring you out of retirement. All right. He's dusting me off. <laughs> dusting off the cobwebs off the old man. He's gonna. He's going to make the scene. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to say, Vic had brought up earlier, Deal doesn't like Peter Chris because he's prejudiced against cats, but I, I, I'm a cat man. I'm a cat lover. I love cats. It's true. Neil's always been a cat man. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of cats, the musical, but I like cats. Uh, the cats has some catchy songs. I'll be honest, I've never went to see it. <laughs> I've only, I only saw, uh, like, on Netflix once. They had, like, re- Maybe it was just a bad version of it, but it, uh, I was not. Uh, and I'm a, I actually like musicals, but couldn't yeah, really get it. It's not one of my favorites either. I was just razzing you. All right. So take that, cats. <laughs> you see that room? When will Jason review that? 
I don't know. He might. Or uh, so I saw. What's the old Disney one there? The uh, Aristocats. Aristocats. Everybody wants to be a cat. <laughs> so I saw two things about uh, Black Panther. I want to bring Ooh. Ooh, tell me, tell me. Uh, someone had, had wrote an article about saying uh, Black Panther's uh, I never wanted this movie to end. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah, they just uh, loved it. Credible, kinetic, purposeful superhero movie about why representation and identity matters and how tragic it is when those things are denied to people. The first Marvel, the MCU movie about something real. Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger had me weeping. And he's the villain. Ooh, I'm digging it. Uh, yeah, the nuances, and these are all different people on Twitter. Posts. The nuances and details in the Black Panther storyline are impeccable. I didn't feel pandered to, stereotyped, or turned off. I felt incredible pride. I felt incredible pride at every turn. And these are fictional characters, like it's a real accomplishment. Wow. Yeah, looking forward to it. And the the sad thing I saw there's, there's a whole bunch more of these. I can't read them all, but uh, it seems just like everyone's loving it. But I saw in JoeBlow.com there's a, there was an article saying that uh, that there's like a group of of DC fans are getting together to try to ruin its uh, ratings on like Amazon and uh, and uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And it's just like that's not what those sites are made for. Oh, so they're going to give it like bad reviews, sight unseen? Yeah, yeah, just to try to ruin oh, it. Oh, that's they, so lame. Yeah, and it that's lame either way. Like I, oh, I yeah. don't, I don't like the uh, many of the DC movies, but it's not because they're DC. I just didn't think they're good movies. So right, right. I wouldn't just go and without seeing the movie. Like I haven't even seen Wonder Woman. I wouldn't right. go on Rotten Tomatoes and be like, "This is the worst movie one star." <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't even know how you rate movies on there, but. But I, because I haven't seen it. Right. And we have loved some DC ones. You know, like the Christopher oh, yeah. Nolan Batmans were some of the best oh, things yeah, I've ever them. seen. Loved them. Yeah, I agree. agree. Honestly, it used to be back in the day, the DC movies were were way, way better than the Marvel movies. Oh, my God, yeah. There was a time when, like, you'd watch a Marvel movies just because, like, they were fun, but they were horrible. Yeah. Like the Fantastic Four. And oh, yeah. Or the Punisher, all those ones. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, exactly. So it's not, that's just, uh, and, and for any reason, if you just go and, like, say a movie's, you know, trying to trash a movie's rating on Rotten Tomatoes, that's oh, just, yeah. it's just shitty. That's, you know, you, people like that will eventually, you know, people, won't take those sites seriously or they'll just go away oh exactly exactly see i hate any of that stuff and it's like you know i'm all for supporting you know whoever it is for support you know an indian filmmaker if he's making a good film or mm-hmm. she's making a good film or you know be sure to support you know whatever it is but i i hate it when people paint with a broad brush and they're like you know you have to like this movie because it was directed by a woman or you, you know, don't like this movie because it's a Marvel movie or a DC movie or something. It's like, no, see the movie and then give your judgment. Don't, don't do this beforehand or also Mm. don't love it just because of that either. You know, make sure 
Yeah. You know, it's worth give, your, your honest opinion or your hate. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, it's just the, the why you can't take it seriously. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I had a great time tonight. As did I. It's an excellent guest. Oh, my God. Both people were tremendous. I, I love listening to the stories. Two super nice people. And hopefully we'll have them back, both back on again. Yeah, I, I think we will. So a uh, big thanks to Bill Oberst and uh, Scream Queen Deborah Lamb. Really a lot of fun. And Deborah's been, oh, both of them been in, in tons of stuff. So I know, uh, you know, when they have future stuff coming out, hopefully we can have them back on and we can talk about older stuff, whatever. So, oh, yeah. I think uh, both of them fit in uh, really well in the show. Yep, most definitely. And a big thanks to our new music of the month here, uh, Venus DeVillo. Venus DeVillo. Nice. And uh, great stuff. Uh, uh, big thanks for her for coming on here. And I know she's on the new uh, Undead. Uh, well, she's a new uh, addition to the Undead Artist uh, record label by Johnny Rose, who uh, does oh, our music good. show. On weekends. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there'll be a, a special show. Actually, probably tomorrow will be up. Um, it'll be a podcast exclusive, so subscribe on iTunes and Google play. And that will be, uh, it's a 90 minute conversations already been recorded because of the time difference in Bangkok with, uh, Russell Jeffrey banks and myself talking about who's watching Oliver, uh, a fantastic movie. This one, Troy, you definitely have to see oh, I will. Uh, if, you, if you like, um, and I'm not just cause he's on, I love the movie. If you like serial killer movies, I honestly put this right up there. Just like a. Right, right close to like, uh, I can't say on the level of Henry, but it's right next to like Henry of the Port, Henry, uh, no way. Killer. Yeah. I wow. just, I really, I really like the movie a lot and okay. I think you'll, you'll love it. And it's yeah, not, it's not out it. yet. Mm-hmm. It's not really, it'll be re- released later on this year. Uh, but you know, we'd screen obviously, but the, uh, uh I think this is going to be one that people really talk a lot about. Oh, very good. So uh, Russell had uh, was one of the co-writers, and he's he's the star. He plays uh, the serial killer Oliver. Oh, very good. And so it's a lot about uh, the first the first fifteen minutes or so. It's kind of his backstory, how he be- got how he because uh, he lives in Thailand, how he got to Thailand from England, and uh, how he got into acting. And then we talk about the movie, and then and then the end's just me and him just talking about uh, like uh, VHS stores growing up and. Wrestling. Oh, nice. I love those yeah, Just a lot in common and uh, uh, really kicked it off. And and, and I'd love to. Uh, he wants to keep him on again sometime to actually uh, be a guest co host here. And oh, so uh, I know he'd get along with you, Troy. It'll be, it'll be a fun time. Oh, very nice. I look forward to that too. Yeah. But uh, so the, the, uh, that, that interview ups uh, sometime on Friday. So, okay. Uh, keep an eye out on that. So every once in a while, you know, you, you get the live show here without your head. Every once in a while, there'll be something uh, pops up. I like up it when you sneak in one of those, like, nice little ones there. Yeah. It's good I dig stuff. It. Yeah. Now, I know I've got some guests coming up next week. Let me check on here. I'll check the exa- Let me check the exa- Or, you know what? Just, just keep an eye on without your head. They'll pop up there. Oh, here we go. Uh... Geno, Genoviva Rossi will be on. Oh, good, good, good. And Camille Keaton. Oh, very nice. That's next week. Yep. Oh, very good. Very sweet. And hmm, some, uh, we get a lot of other people coming up. 
Uh, just uh, wait for the details. Ari Mahailov will also be on sometime before uh, Mad Monster. I'm not sure exactly when yet, but he'll be Excellent. on. All right. Troy. Neil. Excellent show. Yeah. And this was terrible, Troy. This was Nasty Neil. And this and was without your head. <laughs> well, I don't just haunt on Halloween. I'm an all-year-round nightmare queen. Keep your prompting heads I'm searching for. My heart instead. Fear for it.